and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. And it is an Ed episode this time, so I am your host for this one, Ed. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How are you doing? Fantastic. And of course, our extraordinary, I was going to say producer extraordinaire. I've got to hold <laughs> our producer, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Well, I mean, it's a loaded statement, isn't it? I mean, okay. So you may have noticed a gap longer than normal. I mean, you might not have noticed, which is more indicative of other problems, but you know, whatever. Um, so this should be episode 109, I think. It may, yeah, I think it's 109. Uh, I'm going to have to check that as well now. Um, but... We recorded episode 108, and then I may have just not downloaded it, and Craig only holds the recording, sorry, Craig, for, uh, you know, we have a split audience over the Atlantic kind of thing, so I can't just always Craig it up, and is, is that gone? Is it just me and you again, Sean? Uh, I'm here. Yeah. Is that frozen for you? Yeah. yeah there it gone. is. Yep, oh, yep. Wait, what time is it? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So if people did ever hear the show, this happened last time too. So I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna ramp, uh, ramp back into that. You know. Yep. It'll be fine. So. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, can you keep an eye on Facebook in case there's something actually wrong? Yep. Um, Wouldn't be an episode if I didn't forget to. to... <laughs> It back on the way that it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh well. And of course, okay. by all means, please leave that in because, of course, I made a fool of myself by doing that one. So there. Oh, oh, it would only be funny if we had the last episode where it happened. Oh my god, oh. that's right. <laughs> so not like oh so okay so I, I'm even further behind. So this yeah that's fine. Um, let me double triple check this. Oh, are you actually looking it up? Looking, looking for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna come back in before uh, from you throwing it over, and I'll just edit. You know. Okay. Oh, good. Well, providing I download the episode, obviously. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> All right, come on, camera, you can do it. There we go. <laughs> you know, you'd think I would get like used to this. Like, quite honestly, like I knew when I got home from work, warned all the children. Off of the computers, you'd think, you would think I would just go in there and just take it off. Yeah. You know, you're getting older. I am. I I don't regret having it. Legitimately, it's a gigantic tool for us to be able to get the kids off of PCs. It's beginning to tra it's train them to the point that 930 the internet goes off. You've got to go upstairs, brush your teeth. They're usually in bed by 10. That's a good thing. But every once in a while, it bites me in the ass because I forget. Yeah. So I, okay, so I'll come back in from when you hand it over for how am I doing kind of thing. Sure. <clears throat> I have to. It has to be a cold open, and I'm all prepped for it now. <laughs> I can. Do, I can. I can no, it's okay. I, I've got it. I've got it. Well, yeah. I mean, 
I can only produce the show if I actually remember to download it. So, um, yeah. This <laughs> should have been episode 122. We recorded episode 121. I remember. Sean, do you remember that? I remember recording that. <laughs> I have a vague memory of it, but I couldn't yeah. even remember the topic. So, <laughs> this, is know, this is true. You know, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, we recorded on a Wednesday because Jill was treating me to a birthday trip and all of that. So normally the way, you know, some behind the scenes knowledge here, generally after recording, we all hang around for five minutes while I download the episode just to make sure that it's picked up all three audio tracks and it, nothing looks too off. Because when we first three- started using Craig, 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 um we had a couple of issues but it's been this version has been pretty solid this was 100 percent user error um for some reason i don't i honestly couldn't tell you what happened but we didn't actually hang around after recording we just kind of all hung up and went to bed and then you have a week to download the episode and for some reason i was like oh download it before i record um deployment garrison because we we started recording that on our off Thursdays, so I record every Thursday now. Um, and I went to download it, and obviously we recorded on the Wednesday, so it was eight days later, not seven days later. And um, yeah, unlucky, get wrecked. Off to the no. it went. You were the one that pointed out, however, this is apparently a cursed topic because we have recorded this episode a couple of times and something has happened every time we've tried to record that episode. Do you know what it is? I think I figured it out already. It's the magic of what the original Nova Squadron Radio was that introduced me to Sean and got me to, to know one of my best and dearest friends in the entire world. It can't be beat. It can't be beat. Like It, it is... It's like trying to to um, reboot or what's the word I'm looking for? Remake the Godfather. You just can't do it. You can't. It, it's perfect the way that it is. So, yeah. Uh, well, outside of that, you know, um, that horrible confession. Um, doing good. Yeah. Um, I yeah. We're not at that point. I'm I'm skipping ahead. You know, I I, I talk too long. Um, so what I should have said is good. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I was gonna say, let's get into our flight deck. So you must have just kind of roll into it. And since you were already on to a topic, I'll let you. You tend to carry this section anyway. I know we have a bit of a uh, a semi soft, maybe semi hard. I, I don't want to say the word semi hard. That's kind of gross. <laughs> semi soft stop at eleven tonight Eastern. So why don't we let you go first and carry this segment at least a little bit? Um. So I've been actually playing a bunch more legion because obviously the, the legion podcast i i bought the url which i alan uh our D friend alan um uh, was ribbing me because obviously um bad ideas has um its own url and page on the website we've got our own url and page on the website um heresy cast has got its own page on the website and its own url it's like why haven't you done one for for deploy with garrison i'm like alan like the second i pay money for this domain we're done we're not recording anymore it's over that's the podcast killer right there that's how you put the nails in those coffins folks get chris to pay for your domain and then we're done and i was like i'll do it so this week, I went through the entire back catalogue of uh, Deploy Garrison 
and set it up on its own web page, bought the domain and like domain masks over. It has a home now. So you can go to deploythegarrison.com and see all of those episodes. You should. It's, good. it's a good show. It's really, really thought like it's on point. And I make sure every episode sh- should come in at under an hour and be um, one. What do we? We don't have a flight deck. We have an officer's mess. Ooh, one, like person, one person picks a topic and then we'll like riff off that. And like you have a quick like a fifteen minutes is the time cap for that section, um, but it's like one person's. So it like if one of us goes to a tournament, it might be that, and like we'll ask questions about lists and how that went, how the terrain was, all of that kind of stuff. So and wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, hold on. So you you are on a podcast that uses time management skills. <laughs> I'm the host, Sean. <laughs> I apply those skills. Which I do not flex them here. This is a different show with a different I re- goal. I, re- I remember when we started this one and we were like, all right, we're going to lower the, the amount of folks that are on the show simply because we don't want to do those six hour marathon shows. And three is pretty standard for us at this point. Uh, we don't do um, four hour flight decks, though. Right. No. Generally, we... we talk about a bunch of topics and the conversation does go places. Do, like do, people do, they might not go where people want to go, but that's on them, you know? Do you go with group therapy sessions? Hmm? <laughs> I don't think so. Have we talked about men's health or mental health yet on your show? I don't think so. <laughs> well, you know. Um, and then... I don't know. They're very well you could have. As I will freely admit, as I have not listened to it, I don't know. That could be so, it. So, the... the... The running joke for us at the moment is one of uh, like one of the early episodes we put a bunch of work into was going into how cover and everything works for Legion, and then a month later AMG just changed the rules. <laughs> so like we've got a back catalogue of eight episodes and they're already being null and voided. Yeah, so whatever. Nova used to um, get, Nova used to get lucky just on its recording schedule that we would get the news drops the day of or the day before, right after that something happened, so we'd always be on topic. We just ended yeah. that we just ended up lucky that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went through and I sorted all of that out. But because of that, I've I was trying to catch up on my Legion games for the league as well. And I'm running an event on Saturday for Legion as well. Um I think we've got um ten players signed up last time I checked. Uh I capped it at sixteen just because I didn't want to stress too much about space. Um, so this week I've been trying to source um, a decent tournament software because I've not run a Legion event since uh, pre-COVID times. But like oh. probably the last time I ran a Legion tournament, it would have only been two factions. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, uh, it's fine. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm capable. Um, I, I'm not worried. But uh, I've decided. I I said to the other guy who's been like soft heading up the community. You have a choice. I'll either try and have a painted army, or I'll have a, an extra painted table. Uh, so we decided that having an extra table is probably more beneficial. Yeah. So mm. I've been painting up my Legion table, so I should hopefully have some pictures of that finished for the weekend. I was actually, as I 3D printed some of the buildings, and then I wanted to do, it's like a red planet, kind of Marsy kind oh, of effect. Nice. Um, and uh, for the windows, I wanted to do um, gold reflective glass. So I have some gold acrylic. 
because obviously I'm like, well, the atmosphere, and I, I'm just justifying in my head wanting to use no, this cool, gold, shiny acrylic that I've got. Makes total sense. Um, so I was actually etching the um, laser cutting the strips that I'm going to glue on the inside of the buildings, um, just be, well, literally before I came downstairs. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I've got about well, it's Thursday night. We're probably not going to finish too early. Um, <laughs> and then I've got tomorrow where Jill's working and I've got to get up, take Evie to school. My mum should be picking Evie up to take her to gymnastics and then have her overnight tomorrow. So I'll only have Ayla. So it should be okay. Hopefully I can paint a, I, I can paint a table in a, an evening, right? Just one day with child. Should be fine. Sure be fine. Should be fine. Um, Depends on how detailed you go with terrain. Like legitimately terrain can be just as simple as base coat, wash, maybe a quick little dry brush over top to pick up highlights done. You can go that route. I have the distinct impression though that that's not the route that you're going to go. Well, let's just say to to color match the... So I've got one of the files I have is um, the uh, like the Giant's Causeway kind of crystallized rock formations. Uh, but and they all curve out and like really dominant pieces of terrain. And it's good for like giving cover to bigger vehicles and stuff like that. Um, but to color match my red mat, which kind of has a bluey, purpley tinge to it as well. Uh, so I did a black undercoat with a rattle can. Then I did uh, a Blood Angels red kind of spray onto it. Ooh. Then I did um, a dusting with a flesh colored spray. Um, it would be the equivalent would be like Kiz Acadian flesh tone now. Oh, there you go. Gotcha. Um, that kind of spray, but yeah, I'm a painter version. Uh, then I did a Vallejo. I've got like a really crimson burgundy kind of red, which I oversprayed all of that to bring it back down. So you have already like a muted. So that's four layers of rattle can painting. I picked up um, some extra Drakenhof nightshade, some Talzarian blue or something, whatever the blue shade is. Um, I've I've got like three different blues and a couple of purples, so I need to be putting a bunch of washes over it as well. And that's just the rocks and sand. Huh? Then I've got um, you haven't even started structures two, yet. Two bit oh the, the gravel pits. This is a story. I wanted to do um, the files I had had like it's a mining complex, so you have your like your your waste or like it's all ground down, broken up rocks, and it. Um, like slurry pits, would it be that kind of thing? Yep. Um, but they don't have any texture in them. It's just an open spot. So you could theoretically, you could make it a, a, a vat containing water or liquids or whatever. Um, and I was like, well, I've got leftover um, gravel that we got for Evie's fish tank. So I could use that and it will add weight to it. So it'll actually stay on the table and feel like a weighty piece of terrain. And then I was like, well, I've got. Um, some some clear like hobby glue, and I like, put that in and poured it on and like let it set. And I'll pour more over it and kind of build it up so you get a mound. Mm. Um, obviously, I've only got a week to do this table, right? Um, Every one of those is an overnight dry, by the way. Um, well, you say that I left it for two days and it still wasn't dry, and it was just spongy. I'm like, this just isn't gonna dry. What like this? This isn't working, so I, I had to scrape it. So I was scraping out. I 
each print was the shortest one was an 18 hour print and i've got four of them uh, of different sizes so you're talking a week for me to reprint them so i'm scraping this like congealed globules of goop with razor sharp gravel like aquarium shale in the <laughs> trying to get that out so then i went and i spent like 30 bucks on um the really really thin super glue like the the massively thin ones they were all just impressed with sean's uh use of, yeah sean's just turned his video on so it's cool yeah it was totally derailing yeah. but in a good way <laughs> yeah um so a really thin super glue you know like the, you you hold it like the right way up and you've got to slice the top off so it'll pour out and he instantly goes everywhere because somehow there was pressure in the, the thing and it just sticks everything together. The kind of super glue you'd never want to use for anything. But the... I know, so it, Yeah. So I was pouring it in, watching it soak through. Um, but the thing with this kind of super glue is it's an, a, um, an endoth, an exothermic reaction. So I, I'm, it, it gets warm because I've done it in, in the past uh, using it to glue down static grass. If you get too much stuff in with it, when it starts drying, it gets hotter and hotter. And you're like, and I, this yep. is... Spontaneous like, so, combustion is a, is a non-zero possibility? Well, it it's a 3D print and this is the FDM prints, which is just you just warm this stuff up and it goes all like so i mean it worked i didn't go i got it right i got my but there was a there was a moment where i'm like am i just gonna melt the bottom out of this <laughs> <laughs> and it's at that point that it's the point of no return like legitimately there's nothing you can do to stop that from happening oh, no. at that point. <laughs> yeah like it, it's a chemical reaction you know you you put the ingredients together then you live with the consequences <laughs> yep. Um, but that works. I left, um, probably doesn't help, but I did get my heat gun on it as well. You know, just blasting it up. Mm, I, add a little bit more of it. Cause there's nothing better. Like it's weird. I, I've had like this cough and like my, <laughs> my eyes have been like, wait, 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 like, what do you mean? Super glue vapor isn't the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, obviously none of that's true. If, um, if our insurance ever needs to question anything, I admit that's a made up story fiction may not have happened did not happen totally no, no no yeah entertainment only yep. you know you can't take anything that we say on this show as of a bit in fact if you are my insurer um because nobody would ever take us seriously no nor, sh no nor should they no reasonable person would ever take us seriously that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this isn't a news program yeah right right yeah. right I, i'm picking up what you're putting down Ed. that's all right i'm all over it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um see so yeah, i i'm really excited i really like all of the pieces to this table i've got like a spaceship um it's like a cargo hauler and like all of this kind of stuff so i'll probably add more to it after i'm done and all of that kind of stuff but it'll be it'll be playable and everything will have paint on it i'll probably will come back and do all of like hazard stripes and chipping sets and then i want to weather the like the reds and stuff onto the buildings because it's obviously going to be a dusty environment and all of that kind of stuff but it's going to match all of the bases for all my legion armies are all going to riff off of this table so 
There is um, something to be said about a well-painted terrain set. Because I've been there. I have I have been in the lower to mid-table obscurity at events, and that's where you get the bottom of the barrel terrain. The, like, okay, I sprayed it black, I oversprayed gray, and done. That's it. Like I Maybe a wash, and maybe it, a wash. Maybe, if you're lucky, maybe. But, of course, because they want to feature the ones that are going to be on stream, the ones that all the photos are going to be taken from the top tables, they want all of their best terrain there. But they still need to accommodate, like, in those large, especially in those large events, 300, 1,000 people, whatever the hell they're doing at, like, um, LVO nowadays. I think they had over 1,000 players there. Like, if you were to go down to table 999, I'm sure you're at the, the, the bare bones bottom of the barrel this terrain functions kind of thing. Whereas you if you the, the Kleenex, I call it the Kleenex box terrain, you know, are, admittedly Reese and his team, they do a much, much better job than that. But I, like I said, I think, I do think that yeah, <laughs> they've been doing that event for years and years. So maybe I'm prop, maybe I'm exaggerating. I've never been to the LVO. So I'm, only, I'm not talking from experience, but I have been at those events where the really, really top tables get the good terrain. And then you get the bottom of the terrain. That's, Hey, yeah, look that, you know, that one's kind of broke. This one's kind of wobbly. Like that's where that terrain rain goes down so there is maybe said it's part oh. of the impression. same reason I was, gonna, I was gonna jump in and interrupt earlier just because i was gonna throw this in for sean but i'm hoping that after this table's finished you'll need a box of queen x for this table too i needed to come in relatively soon i'm a joke doesn't land ed you know i'm not even sorry no, no, I think it landed just fine. I think it landed just fine. Um, what, else, what else do you got, good sir? Um, so, um, yeah, basically just focusing on um, all of that. Obviously, I can't remember if we in, well, probably haven't announced it, seeing as we didn't didn't record a show ever since the 19th of February. But no. um, it's officially been announced that I'll be at um, Con as a judge for X-Wing. Um actually so, work in the event it's actually kind of in hampered our scheduling efforts as far as yeah. what we're going to be scheduling for because we don't know what sh uh chris can or cannot attend yeah uh but that'll be 66 percent of the cast will have worked x-wing worlds yeah. i told you i'm gonna be there if they need people to move stuff like literally just hey i need to have a move from here to here. they need an extra set of hands because all right so what we did we haven't talked about this on on air yet but basically what gabe and i did we sat down this is kind of diving into my piece i'm sorry if i'm trampling yours for just a no, moment we, we can riff it's fine um is we went through and we signed up for all of the free events which are a lot of the demo events because when i talked to gabriel about it he's like he he didn't like the idea of having the whole day booked because if he wanted to go off kilter and go somewhere else or do something else he wanted that freedom he's like so if we have at least like one maybe two things every day scheduled to do that'll be nice and then we can kind of like roam around the vent get food whenever we want to i mean we're gonna be in chicago maybe we do a little bit of sightseeing whatever it is we want to do um so like i have a ton of open time so if they physically need hands i intend to be there like it's it while I recognize that I'm not necessarily still into quote unquote the X-Wing and community, there's going to be an X-Wing World Championship claim that uh, crown there that day. I've already seen I've seen that twice. I want like I want to be able to see it again. Like there is something to be said to be there at that table at the final table when someone is w winning that game. There's a lot of excitement. It's like it, it's my Super Bowl. I have watched every world's final, even if I even last year's when I wasn't paying attention necessarily to the game. 
watched them live whenever they've streamed them. So it'd be really nice to be there in person. So if they need help, they need an assist, they need a hand, I will be there to help. I don't, I don't need any compensation. It's just, I'm going to be there anyway. And I have nothing planned. So plus all my to go. I'll be honest with you. Those are the best ones to go to though. When you don't have anything planned and then you sit down and you play a great board game with new people. You know? Right. Exactly. That That's the that's going for that. That's the best. I think when you go to cons, when you, when you rack your time. So, you know, you got to remember I was at Nova. I mm-hmm. did four days of tournaments or however many days when I was at Gen Con, same thing, you know? So when you rack your time into having something to do, I think it actually takes away a lot of, like if you do one or two things, you know, you go and sit and sure. listen to a speaker or whatever, that's a little bit different. But if you just take every every minute of every day and you just just put it into something, to me, it really takes away from it. You know, when you're able to be free in Rome and, you know, be able to go to the vendors and do the demos whenever you want to or go to the big open play area you know, that they'll have there and be able to sit down and just open a board game or you bought a board game and open it up. I really think that that's when cons are the best. Yeah. Like I think, I think back to that Nova open experience. First of all, Mike Brandt, you know, huge, you know, shout out to him and his team enjoyed this, had a ball, totally enjoyed my time, but I was booked from the minute that I got there to the minute that I left. And I remember the drive home driving past the Washington monument going, Oh yeah. I'm in DC. Like yeah. at no point in time did I see the outside world and go look at anything or go look at the Lincoln Memorial or, or go see anything. I was in DC for four days and never saw anything but the inside of the convention hall. So like, that's what I'm thinking about. Like I've never been to Chicago before. This would be my first trip. We're going to go out and take a look at things. I'm going to be driving. So I'll have my own car. We can go and do things if we so choose to do so. The options there, which I think in other events that I've gone to, the options not there. Yep. Sorry to tramp on you, Chris. I'll, I'll well, kick the ball back in your work. Yeah. Um, uh, we finally got to play another scenario in um, Arkham Horror LCG. That's uh, so where we were at the... We were up to the last scenario in at, um, at the edge of the Earth, which is obviously the setting from um, Mountains of Madness. Uh, but there is an opportunity to play an interlude scenario, so we played that. Um, and that was good. We we won, but um, we realised that um, I went through. It's generally what I do. You you get to upgrade your deck as you're going. You gain experience, and you spend that experience on upgrading your deck. Um, and normally, I'll I'll go. Oh, I'll do that before next week, and then it gets to Wednesday, and I've not done it. So I just don't bother. I just play the same deck. Um, so how, how many? How much XP should we have total now? It's like oh, um, thirty-three. I had ten. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I spent ten out of thirty-three. It, that uh, kind of reminds me of uh, when we were playing D anD D and we'd level up and you'd be leveling up for the first twenty minutes of the you know of the game night because. Everyone forgot to. Everyone either forgot to or just didn't do it, you know. But I, the only victim was me, and by extension, the rest of the players, because I didn't do it before each one. I just didn't do it. And then because I hadn't done it, I wasn't going to take up the time. So 
uh, yep. at the end of the last session, going into the last scenario, I just went, okay, boom, spent all of, I spent 23 XP, because um, there's a bunch of cards which um, are 5 XP each, um, and if you play them, they are removed from the game. So you I have to re, cool. you've got to rebuy them if you want to put them back in. But that powerful that you got like you spend the XP for a one use only like upgrade, and then you have to put a different card back in. Gotcha. Um, so I just I was like, well, it's the last scenario. I'm just going to buy all of those. So hopefully it helps and is worthwhile. Inevitably they'll be at the bottom of my deck and we'll not see them, and it would have been a waste of time. But we've been doing touch wood. I feel like we've done okay on this one. Um, so yeah, it going up to four players for Arkham. <clears throat> freeze, freeze. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> going up to four players for Arkham is um, it doesn't scale linearly. Ah, I, I, it 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 does in theory, but every extra player is extra decision points, which is multiplied by the X factor of. How anal your players are about making the correct decision. Yep. Um, so yeah, it kind of went from us being able to get most of them done in ninety minutes to like three hour slogs now. Much like a podcast. Certain <laughs> um, <laughs> podcasts I might know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's been uh, it's been good. I I so I think I spoke about this on the last one. Which doesn't exist, so I can talk about it again. Can I won. Uh, I I won Shogun Two on Legendary, um, so I can I won a the long campaign Dominion style to take over the entirety of Japan on Legendary. So that was good. I uh, tire now. <laughs> yeah, um, that's been put to bed. I've not not opened that up again for uh, for a while i did move on to total war warhammer um so i'm just getting i remember when i played i think we've spoken about this already um but or maybe i just spoke about it with people in person i i forget i'm getting old now um i i played it like it was a tabletop game which is incorrect you have to play it like you're playing total war and i didn't <laughs> Tactics and, and strategies that you would use in the tabletop do not work in that game. Yeah, I feel and, the same way about Dawn of War. Yeah, I, I'm just terrible. I don't like having to micro my units. I want to let them churn and slog, and like have the 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 push of pikes kind of feel where it's just endure because that's what that that's the imagery of that kind of warfare for me. So having to like, oh, I've got to quit that unit, pull them out, flank them here, send the cavalry back in around from a slightly different angle to maximize my impact damage onto a unit whilst minimizing the amount of time they're exposed to a retaliatory attack. Like, oh, I just, I, oh, oh, it's so hard. Oh, I just, <laughs> I just want to quit buttons or watch my toy men video, my video game toy men stab other people. Oh, it's yeah. all. So same way about Dawn of War. Gabe's in the middle of a uh, a Soulstorm campaign. I guess there's a... Uh, I never played Soulstorm whenever it first came out, so whenever he's done with it, I think I'm going to go ahead and take it on. Let's see, Sisters and um, Necrons, I want to yep. say. 
when a what when a certain device that I may or may not have been talked into by a person that is on this show uh, shows up, I think I might uh, move on to a uh, playing a Soul Store campaign um, on that Steam Deck and see uh, see how. It goes. <laughs> Oh God, the amount of, I'll get to it on my flight deck, but oh God, the amount of homework I've done, Sean, damn you, damn you, Sean. <laughs> did you get the, did you get the big one? No, and I'll, I'll get to it. Did I don't, you do I, the thing you said you're going to do? I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to undercut uh, Chris's, but I will cover what my plan is. I didn't order it yet because I'm still waiting for tax returns to show up. I think we're supposed to see them on Monday, Tuesday, um, but I will order it whenever it comes then. Then I was legitimately hoping to have it for the Adepticon trip because Valve is releasing those about one to two weeks. So maybe it'll be here when it gets there. I don't know. Did you get the dock with it? No, no. I got a, uh, an, I got a third party dock. Okay. Yeah. And then. The only other thing is I randomly bought the Hero Tech Circle for Kill Team. So I have some Necrons to paint. There you go. What, what's all in there? Is that the one that's got the... Oh, you've got all the... Death, okay. That's the one some that's Deathmarks, the... a Tecromancer, yeah. an Immortal Despotech, uh Plasmatic Reanimator, mm -hmm. a, pla a Plasmacite Accelerator, and then this is the one that people find just like particularly cruel there's an apprentice tech because we want in like if you're going to have an eternal servitude cast system you want to be someone's apprentice yes that's <laughs> how you survive that well no it's like well i mean what am i apprenticing for i can never be a tech man technomancer because i'm stuck in this i can't what is the term for that kind of cast system um, I can't remember. It, it is, ironically, I I knew it a few weeks ago because it is what was applied to feudal Japan during that period when um, I forgot his old oh, guy's names now. The um, feudalism. No, the the purse of a guy who ran the older clan. Um, no, it wasn't older. It was the oh man, I'm just butchering all of this. Yeah, okay. So it basically the guy who became Shogun of Japan was a sandal burrer. Oh. And made his way up in the clan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Then became head of his own clan. Then became like the built the clan up to be the strongest clan, blah blah blah, was Shogun of Japan. And then implemented a system of like, oh no, nah, no, nah, sorry. Your mum and dad worked in that field, so you've got to work in that field forever, get wrecked. It's like, dude, dude, come on, you, you carried sandals, surely you know. What's going on here? Yeah. Oh, I'm so annoyed at myself. That's a, um, it'll, come, it'll come to you ten minutes from now that you just blurt it out. Yeah, uh, probably, whatever. Um, right. Well, they, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to say that that's it, because I've done a lot. Um, I think, I actually feel like I had that joke um, at the end of the last recording that didn't, uh, where I went through like 12 games of this, uh, winning an X-Wing tournament, mm -hmm. um, playing 40k. I played 40k again. Yay! The, the Beast Snaggers came out. Good. Was um, it against Leagues of Rotan again? Oh, look no, at it there. it was... Um, I, I played you. against Chaos Knights this time. Ooh! Um, so what happened? So the other thing, I'm pretty sure... I've told you about a bunch of 50 power level games that I've played and won. You have. 
Right. Like so much to the point that you were legitimately taking thinking about taking models out of your orcs. Yeah, and then yeah. So I added in a pain boss. I didn't get um Zorg Grab Warp Snagger finished. So I couldn't had it add him in. So I was like, I should be able to go up to like 55, 56 points. Then I sat down and added up. I'm like, and I kept getting to like 48 after I've added this model in. I was like, eh, what? This doesn't feel right. So I, I sat down and worked out all the points. And yeah, I do not have 50 power of um, orcs painted. So You've been playing under I, this time. That's just how good the beast boss on Squiggasaw is. Yes. Yes, yes he is. I, I gave him um, head whackers, like, head whacking chopper or whatever it's called. Um, so he does um, like his strength 16 after he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a minus three armor save modifier. Each attack does two damage. If you roll sixes on the wounds, it does an additional mortal wounds. And then he's brutal but cunning. So every one of his attacks that doesn't make it to the inflict damage step, you get to do bonus attacks for. Yep. Um, so I charged the Chaos Knight, the big one, that starts off on 24 wounds. <laughs> so this is after... Just the my unit of twenty beast snaggers dual charged two of the war dogs, because uh, obviously they're separate units. So I had to do a declare a charge on them both, and then Congo line out to make get them both in combat. Murdered both of them with just the boys. Is there a power I, claw on that unit? The, no, it, beast snaggers <laughs> can't have power claws. It was no. a power. A power snapper, so it's only strength. Oh, it's only plus two strength, minus two damage yeah, yeah. two. Um, version. Oh, so the the key is that you just I I played um, mon- uh, monster hunter uh, as my stratagem, which lets you um, yeah. So it plus one to wound against vehicles, um, and yeah, it it was it was nasty. Um, so I'd already killed, but the only thing he had left was his one big knight with his death laser and his choppy uppy sword of murderizing. I think that's a technical name for it. I think so. <laughs> um, and like, we were playing a real, like, the first time, because we played points as well, because I'd messed up. So I was at 790-ish. He was at, like, 740, because knights, you can't yeah. do the correct increments. Um, they don't we're, have a. We're basically playing eight hundred point game. They don't have a um, hundred in their book. <laughs> yeah, um, and but it was like using secondary objectives and all of the correct correct rules for forty k, mm-hmm. not the crusade stuff we've been doing. Match play. Uh, so uh, the game was no. the, the game was done because it was center objective and four radial objectives. But radial was not. It would be. Um, cardinal objectives. Yes, because uh, it's across north, south, east, and west, and one in the center. Um, I had grots hidden under a building on the center one, which I'd upgraded to be horrible gets, so we have objective secured, and his his knight doesn't, so he can't stop me scoring the center uh, without oh. killing them. Okay, so um, just for the record, you probably played that wrong. Because they have, I think, in the balance data sheets, have given all knights the ability 
to have uh, count as ten and yeah, the objective. Oh, all of them have opsec. Mm, I don't know. Right. I, that's, I mean, I I'm only responsible for knowing my book. Ed. You are correct. I don't need you to know correct. his book. You are correct. Uh, I I don't know all my rules. Okay. Oh, no, maybe, maybe you're so, right. Maybe, maybe it's not that they uh, have the objective. The war dogs have it, which is yeah, why maybe, I murdered them first. Yeah, maybe it's not that they have objective security. It's just the fact that they count as like ten or twenty models. Uh, I on... believe for I, I know for the Imperial Knights that the armages. Mm -hmm. um, see, I, I I know all the words before I came on. All, all the words. words. All the Sorry. best words. Everyone yeah. says. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe they have objective secured, but the big ones don't. And that um, makes more sense. Yes. But so I murderized the small ones, and then I controlled two objectives and more than double or double or more of his, and I controlled the center. The center was a secondary. The only arc secondary one that was even remotely scorable which just doubles down on how much of a bullshit game 40k <laughs> is so, okay what objectives do you want oh well um i need to kill more of his units in melee than he kills of mine units not models correct so i i killed two units in turn one oh, sorry in turn two i ward turn two now he's only got one fucking unit left how yep. do i so I can't score a secondary anymore, can I? No. Nope. And, and that's, that's the best secondary in my book. Well, that's the best secondary in your oh, book. Oh, stupid. I hate Games are, Workshop. There are generic ones that you can pick from. Like, for example, you could have taken Monster Hunter as a secondary, which allows you to earn points based on the amount of wounds that you killed off of a vehicle or super heavy. I, I took Not the mission-based one that was obviously scoring the center one. Right. And... Like, if it came down to scoring that secondary to win, the game was already over because it's against knights. Yeah. If yeah, I need the, those secondary points to win, I've done something wrong. Um, the, the, but, there, is a, there is a sweet science to picking your secondaries prior to when playing uh, standard knights. I, I would game. say the sweet science is picking the army that has easy secondaries, which is what? basically how a bunch of the 40k meta actually evolves, I believe is because that's the exact reasons why necrons and sisters prior to these latest balance uh slate update were near the top of the meta whenever they balanced out their secondaries sisters dropped down to mid-tier simply yeah. because they couldn't score their secondaries as easily as they could before same with necrons necrons couldn't score their secondaries as easily as they could before and they dropped significantly in power level after that yeah um so effectively the game's done because he can run around and murder eyes like one or two probably kill two units a turn if he's lucky with how many um shots he gets and i stay in range of his charges if i just start like spreading out to a corner of the board now and you're just catch. you're just sitting on objectives that's one of the reasons like i genuinely truly so, like it's one of the things obviously, that doesn't feel right I, to me because i Knights didn't do that because you're not a dick i, I charged everything into the night took it from 24 to three wounds <laughs> and then lost everything what <laughs> um, so um i i misplayed i did not move the pain boss to be um i i assumed his aura was the same range as my war boss's aura so it's just six inch auras his aura is only three inches I was four inches away from my war boss when he took ten wounds. He only has nine. 
Yeah. I I needed to make if I'd have been in range, two sixes probably comes up. Yeah. But well, the way I was rolling, I would have got fucking seventeen sixes <laughs> off those ten rolls. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was um yeah, the standard aura in 40k is three inches. You do have those occasional characters that get more, but we, yeah, and that's just. Yeah. I hate saying it. It's uh, it's inexperience with working with those auras. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, I opted in at this point, so Hard. none of it mattered. Like, if I'd have wanted to win, I could have just not played. But that's not fun. You could um, just park primaries and just racked up primary objectives turn after turn after turn until yeah, mathematically. Um, well, I think at the top of turn three, I was up 35 to two. So, like, irrelevant game at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I charged everything in. Once a war boss died, um, I failed a couple of morale checks with the um, orcs, which left me with just a knob uh, left, and he had three wounds. He backed up, laser cannoned me to death, on the knob yep. um yeah and just all right it was fine um then i was like it's okay i'm just gonna run my uh my grots around the building because as long as they stay alive and i just on the opposite side of a building if he can't see them he can't shoot them yeah um but it wasn't actually a complete building it was ruins um so whilst he couldn't see through it he could just walk over it because he's a um a titanic creature uh which yeah. i again just didn't know um so he yeah, caught they're... the grots and just murderized them and i was like yep yeah, cool it's like you can shoot me with a grotch you know i'm like i know you've only got three wounds left but i've only got like five grots left here i'm not even gonna roll those dice so i do have a question at the end of the game what what turn was it whenever he killed that last squad of grots uh i believe i would have still won because okay I, it... see where i'm going yeah um you... he oh. would have got um center objective or like four extra points over two turns mm -hmm. uh, he would have got um more objectives than me and one so he would have been getting 14 points a turn so 28 points but i would have racked up like five or so more i sh i probably still won but yeah and it, that goes down like, to how tyranids currently play is the fact that they score super super high in the early turns turns one two and three and usually by turns four and five they're wiped off the board but they've racked up so many points in that time frame that they still end up with the win so even though they don't have a single model on the board they still win the game yeah um then so this is more of a uh, a legion podcasty thing but um i can i can open this up for when we go on to our main topic um played a game of legion uh, against one of my friends i've not seen for a while um he lives in strathmore so like an hour east of calgary i live in cochrane which is like 40 minutes west of calgary so opposite sides of the city um we it was one of my opponents in the league who i needed to get caught up on and i arranged and then it was a night where it snowed and mm -hmm. i was like you know, well, just not worry about it. I'll, I'm set. I'm still on my way. Like you know, if we're we'll late, we're we'll late. Whatever. Don't don't be concerned. Um, got the started playing, and then the the correct strategy for the way that the missions played out and his list against my list was to not play the first two turns and then win in the last four turns. It's a six turn game, but I didn't want to do that because I've not seen Mark in ages. 
Uh, so I didn't. I played, and then the dice didn't bail me out. And then I was like, well, the correct choice now is to not play. <laughs> but I can't, so I'm going to keep... So I'm going to push even harder. And then the dice didn't bail me out. And it just snowballed. And I... it it At the end of turn two, I knew that I'd already lost the game, but it was too late for it, given the drives home, what time it was. It was too late to reset and just start again and like have a full game. Yeah. So, and, and I didn't... I, I wanted to concede, but I felt trapped in the game because of those circumstances around it. Like, I've travelled in for a good game with Mark, he's travelled down for a good game with me. So we, we played it out until he tabled me at the end of turn six, so at last turn. And even then, I was still pushing to try and get the draw. I think I could have forced a draw if I'd have got stupendously lucky. But it was just a really... like My dice turned on in the last two turns, and like, I was getting like all hits, but I just had no models left, so it didn't matter. Um, but it, I, I was... <laughs> I was very close to being the Chris that I dislike in that game. <laughs> but I I would say I probably went over the line a couple of times. There was one instance in particular where, obviously, in that kind of game where it, uh, you can, I don't know, I, I don't want to sound like I think that I'm clever, because I don't, but like, Mark was working through his attack role, and not like spending his aim tokens and his surges to like modify his dice. And he got to a point where nothing else was going to be relevant. I was going to take five saves. It didn't matter what he re-rolled. I would it can't it doesn't get any better than what this is here. So I didn't even wait. I was just roll my dice and like, okay, three of them die. Yeah. Because obviously it's a 50-50 save and I'm rolling five, so three of them die. Yeah. Um it was just I and that I was like, that was really shitty. Just because I'm there in the chain, I can. Like, it's his. It's his thing. And like, it didn't matter because I'm removing my own models gleefully. Like, it wasn't gleefully. That is me <laughs> trying to make myself sound like a nicer person than I was on this day. It was not gleefully. There was scorn. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, but that. That's a, and it's been a long, long time since that person has been there. Like I've not, I've done pretty well in the last like five, six years. Just you know, being a fun guy. You know, yeah. X Wing's a fun game. Legion's fun. Forty K's been fun. You know, it turns out it's only fun if you're fucking winning. And like, <laughs> I'll be a shitty person to everyone as soon as the dice turn off and I'm getting my shit pushed in. Yeah, yeah, then is it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Winning's so, a thing, right? Yeah, I mean, so uh, what? basically what I'm saying is this podcast can get fucked off and we'll start winning <laughs> at all costs again. And uh, yeah, be awesome. Home of competitive everything. Everything. Oh, Jesus. It was. On the way in the work this morning. I just I felt so bad because I, I really hope that I'm not lying to myself. And it was the feeling of being trapped in that no win situation. Because normally my response would have been to walk, 
to get my like, get my opponent being max irrelevant like get my opponent to the same point i am of like this game's over for these reasons now yeah it is still theoretically winnable but if i if i do win it wasn't through skill it is because the dice switch like i need the look now and i don't need to practice needing the look yeah you yeah. know what i mean it it's not like playing soccer um were of like playing sports ball were you know having that kind of mentality were coming back from a being 2-0 down or whatever is a skill that you can practice and kind of playing out these situations when your arm is fucking dead you don't have options so it doesn't matter you know what i mean there's no you don't gain anything from practicing those that's why i always tell people like it's okay to concede just play another game yeah yeah, 100%. but because right, because of that situation where we we weren't going to get another game in, and this guy's driven an hour through a blizzard to play a game with me. I don't want to cut him off after two turns and be like, "Yeah, you fucking beat me. I don't want to play anymore." Yeah, probably would have been a nicer experience. I, Mark was fine. I know, like we game afterwards and like talked it through. It's like, yeah, the this series of results here was pretty rough for you, and like this could have gone better. Like. I get it, but fundamentally, the correct choice was to just not play the first couple of turns. And it would have been a shitty move, but unfortunately, the way Legion structured with the... Um, it's a really cool system, a battle deck. So you, you each person builds a deck of four deployments, four conditions, and four objectives. And then whoever wins the bid picks to play with either those or their opponents and then you go through a pick and ban phase so the person who picks the other person gets the last ban so if we play with my deck you get the last ban if we play with your deck i get the last ban so it's like if you feel like you've got a really good advantage if you're playing all speeder bikes and the objective is to get in your opponent's deployment zone i probably don't want to let you do that so i probably want to ban that one um but you know that can you you're banning from all four at the same time, and but there's a good amount of control. But that system will lead to this experience where yep. the correct choice is to not play either the early rounds or the end rounds. Um, so the objective we're playing was uh, intercept transmission. Uh, it's center objective and then um, two wide objectives. So like halfway between the center and the table edge there's another one on each side so three objectives across the center line in turn two you score one victory point for controlling it for controlling each of uh, anyone so you can score three if you get all three your opponent gets none you get three in turn four you score again and it's one point again at the end of turn six at the end of a game you score again but it's double I see what you mean. So it didn't matter that I went up 2-1 to put myself in a less favorable board state. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because I, I, I went up 2-1, and then I, I went up 3-2, and then I was dead. I had no models left, so it didn't matter. Yep. It didn't even get to the last scoring because he killed me. But I I should have recognized that he's got range on me, he's got, he's got mobility on me, he's got the firepower to deal with my armored troops. I need to be around to score in turn six. That was my win condition. 
and I just let him kill units turn one. So that was what actually went wrong. Yeah. But so hopefully it was the feeling of making Mark not have a fun game was what made me make Mark not have a fun game. <laughs> but well, I didn't mute, mute that cough. Enjoy that's, it. Enjoy um, it. That's for all of you. I've done all the others. You've been okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the best part is I truncate all that silence so you don't even know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a weird feeling for me because I haven't felt like that in a it will bubble up sometimes in X-Wing when there's a statistical anomaly, but I push that shit down. I'm on it. I'm like, no, get back in there, get back no. But this I one, ha- it was really hard. I took it really badly. I 100% so. have done this in 40k, where you're like, oh, that's strange. That shouldn't have happened, but okay. You just kind of like bite your tongue and like, alright, that kind of sucks, and I really and, needed to get a charger, but now that I didn't, my ass is out in the wind and that unit's going to get blown away on the next turn. Okay, that's, like, so, that's cool. So it, we were playing at a different store. We were playing at Ogre's Den on a Wednesday evening. So that's in the northeast. So it's easier for him to get to and only a little bit harder for me to get to. So, you know, if, it, if it's a zero-sum game, he wins, but right. it wasn't. So we both came out ahead of where we would have been. Um, and it was Legion night. So there was one of the guys came over and was watching, and in one turn, it was like, oh, that was unlucky. And my response was like, yeah, man, it's games with dice, it happened. Right, so it wasn't, like, I handled all the individual sets of dice rolls fine, like I can in X-Wing now. It it, but that's why I kind of think that it was something else, not the losing. It was the not giving Mark the hard game that he was expecting. Because yeah. I feel, I felt, and maybe Mark's experience was different, I don't know, I can only talk about my lived experiences. I can't talk about Mark's lived experience because I wasn't Mark, you know? What are you going to do? Um, maybe he played really hard and didn't feel like it was a Kate walk or anything like that, but I just felt like every everything I, every roadblock I went to make was like, the episode of The Office were Jim's wrapped up Dwight's desk in uh, <laughs> Christmas paper, and then it's not actually his desk, it's just fake. <laughs> That's what it, it was like. Oh, none of this was real. There, there yeah. was no resistance at all. It was all just a shadow game with mirrors. And yeah. There was never an opponent here. You just had to turn <laughs> up and you'd win. Smoking mirrors. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean so, that, yeah. that that thing that happens though too, you know. It's just it's one of those weird anomalies in gaming, I think. Um so not to take over hosting too much, but that was supposed to kind of roll us into the main topic, because normally I go last, but I realized now I went first. Uh-huh. <laughs> so does anyone else have anything they want to quickly push into before I, I have we a couple do of things, way we should have? I have a couple of things, but we have not heard from Sean in quite a bit, so I was going to kick the ball into Sean's court and say, Sean, what have you been up to lately, my friend? Um, Not a lot gaming-wise, but... That sounds I've, familiar. <laughs> yeah, but I did get my... So, so the the concept right now with my son moving home and stuff is where the dining room is is now going to be our painting and our miniatures storage area. So... Let me, turn off, yeah, let me turn off this background real quick so you guys can see 
if I can figure out how to do that. Uh, um, yeah, probably audio version. You guys aren't gonna. Be, we'll describe it to you. Yeah, I see a lot of bookshelves. And yeah, kids. so so over here is now the new gaming area. So there's two painting desks, one for my son. They're being blocked. There's a table behind this big cardboard box, which the cardboard box is actually going to go down in the arcade. I'm going to hang it on a wall. It's not the cardboard box, but it's a big, it's a big piece of metal that will go on the wall. And then I bought metal signs, which look similar to this, um, but they're, they're metal signs. And then I'm going to magnetize some of them to the metal um, piece here. But the signs that'll get magnetized to that are like, they're, Similar to this size here, but they're the arcade games. Oh, so, that's cool. So, you know, it'd be like a, with a bezel and the top, and I got like 50 of them. So they're not all going to fit on this. I'm going to put them all over the place. But Well, the upside of them being magnetized, you can swap them out. Correct. That That's the thing is I can move them around or put them wherever I want. So that's that's kind of one of the things. So the, the we got the Calax built since the last one which that's a second six by six shelf that I have. I have another one that's in my living room, which you can see this is one of those floating type shelves that Ikea has. Mm. Um, so if you look right over the top, let's see if I can get it right there. That's one of the floater yeah. shelves that you can get. And then if you go over here, this is another six, six by six Calax that's jam full of, of board games. Yep. So that's my living room there. And then you can see my mini arcade right here, which is, that's the Legends Ultimate 1.2. That's, that's the second Star Wars. So this is the new, new oh, version the that they just, yeah. So it has the, let's see if I can get it. The coin door there lights up. I won't have them on this time, but probably even in the future I will. So you can see see stuff going. And then everything's opposite. That's crazy. So then right he, right here is a the Legends um, Pinball Micro. So this is a pinball machine right here that's I think I think it has like an 18-inch screen and then it has a back box on it. So I can kind of point it at that there. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so it's a little little pinball machine there and then let's see. Back here in all of these cases are X-Wing. This is all X-Wing stuff. Here, with there's an old drawer from an old shelf that I have that is full of X-Wing stuff, too. So this is all 2.0 stuff. Um, and then I'm trying to think. And then I have some more somewhere else, too. So you can see kind of my house is really small upstairs. It's you know not a large house to begin with, but it's literally this entire first floor living room, dining room space is basically all gaming. Like almost every square foot is some type of gaming setup. So, but I, you know, this is kind of my, when I don't want to go downstairs, these are, this one I have, let's see, the Legends Ultimate there has about every arcade game I would ever want to play. If it's not on there, it's on my Steam Deck, you know? Right. So the ones that aren't on there, they're this is one of my all-time favorite games, and with the re-release, I didn't want to put this one downstairs, but I do have one downstairs in the arcade. And when I record down there, you'll see that stuff there whenever I start recording down there. And then the micro, which is pinball stuff. So 
And then I have a couch out in the living room, and then on the back of it's one of the alpha gaming tables that's sitting mm-hmm. on the back of it that we Aaron and I can set up, and then we can play miniatures games on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. On the other side of this cardboard box, which you can kind of see the legs, is an Ikea table also that you can pull out and, you know, it has like a leaf that you can put in it to make it a little bit bigger. So this is for like the smaller board games and stuff, but you guys can't see that. So this is great for, you know, people listening to a podcast with me pointing (laughs) to stuff, but literally then right here. So this is the 49 inch monitor that I have right here. And then right next to it is another Ikea bookshelf that I bought when I got the Calax shelf that has literally it's loaded from top to bottom with my son's thousand sun stuff. Some of my, a few of my tanks and stuff from my Space Marines build. And then the top shelf is all terrain on it. So we have a lot of terrain that we can choose from and play. And then on top of it is more gaming stuff. So like the the books. So we have the books, (laughs) 40K. I have the Marvel Crisis Protocol box that still has nothing built out of it. On top of all of that is just, the stuff that I'm getting through Games Workshop, through their their mail thing, where I get the Space Marines and those kits. Yeah, the Imperium. Yep, and then I get the, which I am so far behind in that right now because of time and space that I have full packages that I haven't even opened yet, but we'll get to them. They're there. They'll be there waiting for you. Everybody's a pile of shame, Sean. Don't don't hold that against yourself. Oh, no, no, definitely not. And then my Space Marines, <laughs> then my Space Marines in the transport case are also on top of the bookshelf. So, like, literally in this 400 square feet, 300 square feet of space that I have here, it's just cram full of gaming stuff, which I love because being a single guy, I don't have to have anybody else's opinions on things. You know? <laughs> That's true. That is a um, true statement. The bad thing, though, is just, with everything else going on and trying to get this stuff rearranged, it's, you don't, you, you either game or you do all this other stuff. And since the last show that doesn't exist happened, I've been putting, getting all this done so that we can get ready to start assembling models and actually playing 40 K and other games inside the house. So good, 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 good. So that's pretty much what I have done. Um, oh, and you can't see it right now, but, up there is a game mat from Star Wars the card game. Oh, very nice. And then you can see, you know, some of the stuff of our gaming stuff. So that's like Armada, you know, we have Armada stuff and just all kinds of crap all over the place. So so that's kind of the the gist of what I've been working on lately. So Not- I heard a dirty rumor about Armada. It's uh, it may have moved a step beyond no products in active development to complete game status. Oh, oh no. Really? Yeah, it's just I opened a conversation at work about um it may be time to start um reducing reorder points and putting stuff special order only is you never want to be stuck with stock. But Correct. Yeah, I uh I heard down the grapevine that it may have uh, moved along a little a little deeper. So yeah. So with That's that, so with, with that said, then I mean, so really, the major focus then will just be Legion and X Wing, correct? Or Shatterpoint? Yeah, I'm long. Well, yeah, Shatterpoint. Yeah. Um, 
weird. I, I, I don't understand why we'd rather focus on their own game that they made with love rather than the thing that they oh, yeah. got done no, from no. them. I get that yeah, Weird. You know, it's just, I, I think that... Why would AMG do this? But here, here's, here's, here's the reason why I think that that's an interesting choice because you have all these shows coming out that have all these new ships. You know, you're seeing new yep. capital ships. Um, you know, and why wouldn't you want to invest in a game where you're getting the potential new product, you know? But once again, Chris is right. I mean, they didn't design the game. And I think that is a game I haven't Sean, played it in a, I haven't played it in a long time, but maybe balancing the game might be a little difficult. You, you might not be familiar with this term, but I'm, I know that Chris is going to be familiar. It's it's a specialist game for for that organization. Uh, Games Workshop used to have a whole bunch of great games that they sort of loosely supported that occasionally would get releases. Blood Bowl was on that list from Games Workshop for the longest time. Um, Necromunda was on that list for a long time. Um, Mordheim was on that list for a long time. Uh, even uh, Epic 40K was on that list for a long time. They're games that technically they still sold and still had stock of that you could purchase stuff for, but they weren't getting new rules. They weren't getting new models. They weren't getting new sculpts. It was just kind of like it. They just kind of like left it in the peripheral. And I really feel like, unfortunately, that's what happened whenever the changeover happened is that they had to keep X Wing because it's a moneymaker. So they can't walk away from that license. Yeah. But one of them had so, to go legions legions getting big getting pushed that's their that's they're trying to dive into that space where 40k lives and it's great i i encourage competition there unfortunately that left armada in a position where not so highly the, the quote i've heard um i believe it's a Krabok interview with will Schick, who is the head of product development i think mm-hmm. uh, at amg um for our murder, we're not in a position to provide meaningful and valuable content. Which makes sense. You know, I get it. It's a smaller company. How many how many games developers do they have there? Not not enough to support it, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, so I'm gonna preface all of this with that state. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Wrinkle of salt. That to me um sounds like none of us play our murder. Yeah. That yeah, is true. I, I agree with that. Right. What? Well, yeah, I, I can throw a spaceship at you, but like we don't play our murder, so I don't really know. Like yeah. we didn't. That feels like diplomatic speak for. for, for we've got no idea what to do with this thing. <laughs> right. That's true. No, no. I mean, it kind of. I go into the fact that they're a smaller company. They only have so many people they're working on. Obviously, they have developers dedicated to Legion. They have developers dedicated to Shatterpoint. They have developers dedicated to X Wing. Small company. How many people around the board are still there? Uh, even and, and their big game. They also have their big game in Crisis yeah. Protocol. This is a bit that is the rabbit hole I don't want to go down. I just want to skirt around the edge of a rabbit hole and then move on. Yeah, just kind of like look down the hole, like, yep, it's there. And yep. then we're kind of moving. Um, really makes you think about all of those times people complained about them not playing X Wing and not having any idea. If they've got the balls to say that about Armada, mm-hmm. maybe they did play X Wing and like felt like they could do something meaningful. Like, maybe- might, not be what, might not be what people wanted, but at least they, it did kind some- of gives it, shows that they have the courage of the convictions that if they believe that they can take a game forwards, they will. If they don't, they don't. Yep. I and agree. I, 
it, you can that again not going down a rabbit hole. You can have your opinions on what the, what each game is that AMG produces and how viable they are as whatever you want them to be. But that statement is telling in a lot of ways, and I don't like as sad as it might be for our for Armada. I think it's a very brave thing to say. And again, I am. Um, I don't. Ha- I'm not outing. So I've not watched the interview. I don't know exactly. So I don't want to put too many. Words. That's the quote I've been given. And um, yeah. So. So what that says to me is, if you're a fan of Armada and you intend to continue to keep up your collection, I would start keeping an eye out for discounts. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have a whole bunch of game stores that are going to pick up on the same thought process and be like, we need to clear inventory. And you're going to be able to find some deep, deep discounts before it goes away forever. Uh, so yeah. sales are down on Armada this year compared to last by about 40%. Yeah. Just for an anecdotal story from the store. Yeah, so maybe not maybe even your local one, maybe even like the big distributors, like your miniatures market, places like that. People that buy larger bulk are probably going to start slashing prices to clear inventory. Because like you said, even at the distributor level, keeping dead inventory in a shelf that isn't gaining you any cash is no good. They'll want to clear it. Yeah. I mean, they could they could be like an, a certain company that produces cars that just literally throws them in the garbage. Or Funko Pops. <laughs> or Funko Pops. You know, not throwing shade at my boys over at Wizards of the Coast. Just just saying. Just oh, saying. Man, I mean, what, what was it? Um... A few years ago, when people were trying to pay people to buy futures on oil, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but the oil is still going to be coming out the pipe. Someone better take it. Yep. All right, oh. so, Sean. Is there anything else you want to cover? Because I've got like I've got a, a shotgun blast of a bunch of small topics I want to hit on, but probably not a ton of ton of content behind each of them. But I do want to touch on all of them. So, is there anything nope. else you got, good sir? I am good. All right, so starting off on the lead spot, this is kind of news. Um, I do hope that, I hope you're listening to the show early because there is kind of a finite timeline on this particular thing that we're going to cover. I've not necessarily talked about what I do as a job often on this show. I think it's been come up more than once that I'm a, I'm a software developer. I've never really talked about who I work for. Um, not that many major particular reason I've already like my first and last name are out in any one of my, you guys know that I live in the greater Pittsburgh area and you know, my first and last name is not gonna be that hard to find me. So it's not a question of doxing. I just, I haven't talked about it much, but to lead into this story, I kind of need to give a little bit of a glimpse of what it is that I do for a living and who I work for. I work for a nonprofit organization called the Center for Organ Recovery and Education. They are an OPO located in Western Pennsylvania. Now, an OPO is an organ procurement organization. Uh, In short, our job is to go out and find um, valid candidates for organ donation, uh, recovering those organs for life-saving organ transplants throughout the country. Uh, So Ed's job is to ask people if this rag smells like chloroform. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't personally. All right. So I'm not the superhero out there going out and doing that kind of work. I'm more like Jarvis in the background. Like I'm helping Iron Man do his I, job. I wasn't selling that as superhero work. FYI. Oh, I know you are, but I I do. Waking up in a, a, a ice filled bathtub sans kidney. That I procured is- that organ real good. That is not what we do, just for the record. <laughs> um, point being, uh, I absolutely love the work I do. It's probably going to be the last job that I ever have because I do genuinely, truly believe in the mission. Um, it's kind of nice to work for an organization as a developer um, where 
quarterly sales, the number of widgets that you pushed this last quarter, this last month, um, bottom line sales like that, none of that stuff matters. That's, that's not what we're there for. Every tick for us is a life saved. It's a human being that is walking around, um, spending time with their family and loved ones that wouldn't have otherwise done so uh, if not for the work that we do. So I do passionately believe in the work that I do. Why is this important to this gaming podcast? I will tell you. If you happen to live in the United States and either are a registered organ donor with your state or would like to be, I have a deal for you, my friend. Um, as part of Donate Life Month, for those that do not know, April is Donate Life Month. It's the month that we celebrate organ donation in the United States and is part of the organization for Donate Life America, which covers all of organ donation throughout the United States. Um, they are, do a promotional event every year to kind of get education up for organ donation and try to get people to sign up to be organ donors. And this year they are pairing with Will Wheaton and the guys over at Geek and Sundry, and they had specialty Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons Dice Made for Donate Life Month. So I would direct everyone at this point in time, you can pause the podcast at this point, it's okay. I would direct you to the Healing Dice, just like Healing Potion, except HealingDice.com, where you will see these clear acrylic with gold script dice uh, that they made specialty for this particular event. And contained inside the center of each and every one of these dice is one of the organs you are capable of donating if you are a life-saving organ donor. This includes a D20 heart with an anatomically correct heart at the center of it, uh, anatomically correct kidneys for your second D20, because you do get two, because in fifth edition you have advantage and disadvantage, so you're going to roll for both. Uh, you have a D10 for the intestines, you have a D12 for the liver, another D8 for the lungs, um, the pank, the other D10 is going to be the pancreas, and of course, aside from just the organs that you can donate, you're also capable of donating um, tissue, uh, that being in the form of like skin, muscle tissue, veins, things like that. So they do have a D6 with a bone in it. And to me, the one thing that sold it for me is the D4 for those that give um, corneas for cornea donation because it's a big eyeball inside of a D4, which definitely looks like the eye of Vecnif to me. So like for me, from a D&D perspective, I'm like, I have to have these. So... Uh, having read the rules for you, because I, I'm not going to lie, this pushed Ed's ethical boundaries to the limit. I'm, uh, I, I can't stress this enough. A couple years back, we had a, uh, we had a promotion, uh, what am I thinking, was, uh, a company that was trying to solicit our business from an IT perspective. They had sent an email out to the entire IT team saying, hey, we've got tickets, and I forget which Star Wars movie it was that was, that was out at the time. Um, but we were going to, we were given the opportunity to go and see that movie a week early. That's Ed. That's Star Wars. Of course, Ed wanted to go. Ed refused to go because ethically we're not allowed to accept gifts from um, people that are trying to solicit business from organizations. So I turned that email in and said, nope, can't do it. That's against my ethics. However, this one here, I'm willing to beg, borrow, steal, and do whatever I have to do to get these goddamn dice because, oh my God, are they amazing. Um, so... Again, if you are in the United States, if you're already a org registered organ donor or wish to become one, you can sign up at thehealingdice.com. They will be giving these away on March 30th in and or about the March 30th. So the promotion is going to run the entire month. So you will be getting those out. So not only do the dice, do they come with dice, but they also come with a badass box. They come with a badass dice bag for themselves. And I did want to take the opportunity. There's a big, big part of me that didn't want to say anything at all because the more people that enter, the less people that have the opportunity to enter this contest and take dice away from Ed. However, 
because I am an ethical person, I will do my best to get the voice out. Um, our organization, I know, is getting a set to give away um, that I am not allowed to touch. Um, I am going to, I am part of the team that's going to help promote that. So I don't know. Um, I haven't had this meeting yet, but my hope is to recommend one of the places that we can give away um, that could potentially be this show. So don't hold me to that. Don't quote me on that. But I am trying to see if it's possible to secure, because I think we've actually re re uh, requested two sets specifically to give away, um, that I might be able to secure sets. So there might be a small outside chance that I can give it away on the show. Otherwise, I will find another place to, to place those in the local community. So that out of the way, even, even if you're a D&D &D fan, it, go look at these things. They're amazing. And if it's something that you've already signed up for, just put your name in the hat. Um, they have 50 sets that they're giving away uh, throughout the course of the month. Uh, again, I've read way too much about the rules. Um, so, again, that covers that. I kind of semi-already covered my Adepticon stuff. Basically, the fact that Gabe and I went down and picked all the stuff, we've covered that. So I'm just going to go past that. Last but not least, I haven't done anything gaming-wise because I have been obsessed for the last two weeks with the goddamn Steam Deck. Because Sean, thanks to Sean, hey, the episode that you guys did not hear... Um, which never happened. The episode that didn't happen, Sean informed us of his latest purchase, which is a Steam Deck, which is something that, like, legitimately I have had on the peripheral of my mind of, like, ooh, it'd be really kind of neat, but uh, I don't know what I really want to get into that. Um, Sean informed me that he had put Belisera on a one terabyte SS, uh, micro SD card and is doing it for all of his um, retro gaming directly off of that. And it, the Steam Deck is so powerful that it can actually emulate up to PlayStation 3. That perked my ears up quite a bit. Um, so lo and behold, I am going to go through and order one of these fine devices as soon as the tax returns come in, because now I want one. Now I did do some research for those of you who haven't, who are even remotely interested. The Steam Deck comes in three models. Um, the low end one for $400 US comes with a 64 gigabyte. It's not an M.2 drive. It's more like flash memory, but has the adapter so that it actually plugs into the M.2 drive because it's, it's, it is much slower and a much smaller. And you have two other upgrades you can go from there, a 256 and a 512 um, gigabyte hard drive version of those. You do get some little bits and bobs with it whenever you purchase the device. A lot of it's Steam stuff. I think the big selling point for the 512 model is the anti-glare um, glass protective cover over the glass for that. Um, but at nearly $700, I was, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, Ugh, that is, that, that's a, that's a bitter pill to kind of swallow for such. Well, so well worth it though. Well, for so much amount of, the least amount of storage, that's, that's the only thing that I'm kind of like, because if you do the math to go from 400 to $700 and you're only legitimately getting smaller leaps, the biggest you can get to 512. So what has Ed done the last two weeks? Ed has done a boatload of research into the, into the inner workings of a Steam Deck. And I think I may have made a quote on a podcast that you're never going to hear where I said, that, oh, I'd heard that the Steam Deck's actually really, really hard to work on. It's kind of difficult to work with. That is absolutely 100% false. Um, Valve actually designed that thing to, to be worked on, to be tinkered with, and allow people to make their own modifications. And one of the easiest modifications that you can make to the Steam Deck is replacing the 2230 hard disk drive that's in there. Um, they're not super common. Um, the other uses for these are usually laptops or um, the micro Microsoft Surface uses the same size um, M.2 drive on there. 
but you can buy one terabyte or two terabyte. Two terabytes are a little hard to find right now, but the one terabyte drives out there are like 150 bucks. So quite honestly, what you can do is you can buy the low end model at $400, spend $150 and go in with the replaceable M.2 drive. They give it one terabyte of hard drive space, spend another 120 to 140 on a good um, micro SD card. And you can have your two terabyte Steam Deck for the same price as the 512. And if you get like a good M.2 drive for that, like a Western Digital, for example, you actually get faster speeds. So that's the route that I'm going to take. The only thing I'm not going to get is the anti-glare um, on the thing. There are screen protectors. You have tempered glass screen protectors that I intend to put onto it. Um, so I'm go that's the route that I'm going to go. So not only that I'm going to order this, but I'm going to order the one terabyte 2230 M.2 drive and a one terabyte micro SD card so that whenever I get mine started up, I will have a two terabyte version of the Steam Deck. And oh my God, I can't wait because it is, I mean, it's a handheld that can play basically modern. I mean, some of the games it's going to struggle with, but it plays modern PC games. Your entire Steam library, 50,000 plus games are all available to that. And then of course, just from the, the emulation side of it, you, there are builds out there that you can take one micro SD card, put Bellicera on it. Uh, it's a, Basically, it's a collection of all of the emulators possible out there, including the more modern ones. Like you can, shh, Nintendo, uh, don't don't say a word. Um, the, the Nintendo has a handheld I've heard of before. My understanding is that the emulator is capable of emulating that particular device, as well as up to they're up to PS3s and they are um, the Xbox 360, which puts me in a weird position because if I have a device that can emulate all of the stuff I might legitimately consider vacating out my um, physical collection if I can emulate them all. Not that I like, don't mind my collection, but legitimately it's once I start getting a collection, if it's able to be emulated and I can put it into a much smaller box, I will because through the use of like a dock through the Steam Deck, I can put that up onto my TV, connect my PS5 controller to it, and I, I'm I'm playing every game in every library ever. So thanks, Sean. <laughs> This is all your fault. Um, I can't tell you the number of videos that I have watched on the, the disassembly of modifications you could do. Like you can go so far as I've seen people put liquid metal on it because I guess it has a bit of a cool uh, heating problem. I did want to ask you about that. Have, how much time have you put into it? You're oh, muted, Sean. You're muted, Sean. Okay. So yeah. I haven't put, I haven't put a great deal of time into it, but I've played it for, you know, three, four hours straight and have had no heat issues with it whatsoever. How's the battery life? Because that's the one thing. That's the one thing I keep hearing over and over and over again for like the, the higher end AAA titles. People are only getting like one to two hours out of the battery life, which is why the lot, a lot of them are recommending getting like battery boosters, like those little battery packs you can just plug in. Yeah, you know, that's get so like an anchor. Yeah, you're going to have to if you're going to take it on a trip and you don't have power, you're going to need portable battery to keep oh. it going. It's. You know, it is what it is. It's 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 a big handheld even compared to the Switch, but you know, you're playing higher end games with, you know, PC almost PC or actually PC level No, it's actually in, in, internals. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things where if you're playing so here's how I look at it. If I'm gonna be at home playing it, it's gonna be docked. You sure. Know, I'll have it docked, I'll have it plugged in TV or my monitor here or whatever. So, and with the dock, you know, you have power. So basically they're, you're either Bluetooth in or you're hardwired in with the dock, um, with a controller. 
if you're on the road, yes, you are going to need to have access to power to charge or have a battery, have a couple, you know, or those bigger battery, uh, I can't think of what they're called, but they're the kind like you always saw people carrying around when they were playing Pokemon Go and stuff, you know, yeah, where they had bricks is what they are. Those batteries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just a portable battery. You're going to probably need one or two of those if you're on a long trip. If you don't have access to power, um, of course, if you're in a car, I don't know about a plane, you know, I don't know what plane has. Some of them have power, some don't. Um, but yeah, you know, the battery isn't the best. That's kind of the the one negative to it. But I understand why, because it's a bright ass screen. You know, I mean, this thing to me, you know, definitely for what I'm going to use it for, you know, because I don't play like super high end games and stuff. You're not going to get great. Um, you're not going to get great gameplay out of something like Cyberpunk, you know, or those really, really high end games. Yeah, you're going to have to. Powers won't play that game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is just the startup screen, and you can see how awesome. I yeah. got to get it so the camera will show. But you can see how awesome that screen is, you know. Yeah. It's sharp. It, yeah, it's I mean it's unbelievable. It's definitely 1080p um, you know, and it has basically anything and everything, you know, you would like, want. So like I tried to like justify it as like so what's my use case? My use case is is I intend to do P since my Raspberry Pi I've, is not going anywhere. I love that device. It, I I use it at least once a week. I've been having a ton of fun with it. It does everything I want it to do. My use case for it is everything that the Raspberry Pi can't do which is everything from the Xbox PS2 era up. And since right now, like I know that Bellicera image is like, like there's uh, arcade punks has a, has a, a steam deck um, image on it, but it's loaded with a bunch of the retro stuff. That I well, it's a, it's a one, it's a one terabyte image, um, you know, and so if you, you know, downloading that and extracting that, you need that minimum of two terabytes of free space to be able to even do it. Correct. Um, like, like here, here's the deal on my computer. I have, two and a half terabytes of space and I can't download that. Yeah. You know, because you have to have the double space for when you're trying to do it. And then of course you need the etcher and everything else. So my thing was, was screw trying to screw trying to do something that big. I'm just gonna, you know, I have a bunch of ROMs that I have from other stuff that I can throw on it or just find the ROMs and, you know, Oh, and there's apparently there's an option on there that there's an application you can get out of their their store called MUDEC that basically functions the exact same way that um, Bellicera does, except they show up in your Steam store. So whenever you're going through your list of Steam games, you can literally put all the games that you've emulated or the consoles that you've emulated into your Steam store. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's perfect. And the interesting part, like I can already see it in my head how this is going to work is I'm going to have multiple micro SD cards. All of my PlayStation 2 games, whoo, all of my, or in the Xbox games, all of those go onto that one terabyte drive. PS3, boom, it's got a PS3 one for there. So, like, it's like 120 bucks every time I'm going to do it. I get that, but it's going to have a terabyte worth of space. I think they have 1.5 if you really want to go crazy, but I'm like, I'm not going to go that much. But, like, I can see myself having multiple little micro SD cards you can just literally pop out, put back in, and boom, those, there's where all my games are. And, and the other thing you can do through the, you know, through the micro SD is if you want to, you can run Windows on it. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I, I think just out of shits and giggles, I might try that just to see how it is. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that it, it turns off 
the Windows um, the Windows 10 or Windows 11 um, install on the Steam Deck turns off a lot of the features simply because it's not native to a Windows environment. The Windows is Windows. It's a Linux. Yeah, this is a Linux machine. Yeah, right, exactly. So it turns off a lot of the features of it, like the touchpads apparently don't work in the Windows environment. Right, and natively you have to put a plug in for that. So yeah, there's all kinds of things I'm looking forward to. But like my use case on this is it's probably going to sit docked most of the time, and in the event of I don't know a trip to Chicago that might be an eight hour trip to drive out there. If I'm sitting in the back of a car for a couple of, or sitting in the passenger seat of a car for a while and I want to sit down and do something, boom, I'll have that available to me or I'll have it available in the hotel room or something like that. Or worst case scenario, I literally I can just take it off the dock and my wife's watching whatever shows she's watching. I can sit there and be working on that off of that. So thanks, Sean. <laughs> yep. Anytime. All right, so I think that hour and a half flight deck to me. Let's get on to the main topic for tonight. So the main topic I wanted to address tonight is gaming regrets. Over the years, we have all been gamers. We've all made decisions that when we look back on them years later, go, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And that can be from anything. That could have been man, I wish I'd have got involved in that weird magic game that I saw at the store in the early 90s and all those valuable cards now. Like, I had those cards. I can't believe I sold them for the li very little that I did. Or or games that you went hardcore into, like, this is going to be the next It game. And I bought everything for it, and the game fizzled a year or two after its release. Um, or stuff that you got rid of that you wish you hadn't. I've got... So I have a, a games, whatever it was. Like, I, you know, I've got to get rid of this. I've got a whole excess stuff, and it turns out, like, you have to go back and rebuy stuff, and it's much more expensive of the second time you're buying it than the first time. I, I know Chris has had to rebuy some armies on occasion. Um, so I have a good use case for this. I'll, I'll share one of my quick stories and then I'll, I'll leave it open to the field. Um, I'm a gigantic fan of the uh, Rondi Moore um, reimagined version of Battlestar Galactica. I thought that was a great show. I still think it's one of the top five sci-fi shows that I've ever seen in my entire life. Highly, highly recommend it. And in their second or third season of the show, um, they came out with a collectible card bank, a uh, collectible card playing game. So that hits two of Ed's favorite itches. I like CCGs. I like Battlestar Galactica. This is going to be the new it thing. I went to, uh, there was a con here in greater Pittsburgh that I went to that they did the early, early demos for it and snagged myself, not one, but two of the starter sets for it. Um, there was a whole bunch of game stores where they were going around demoing the game to get all of these limited edition, hard to find um, special edition cards that went through. I went through every one of them, got the whole set through those. And when that game came out, I went in hard into that game. Multiple booster boxes, had a complete set of all the cards, had a play set of everything that I wanted to have. And I found it almost impossible to find anybody to play with. I may, I can't, I, I spent more money than I care to think about in those years when that game first came out. It only lasted, I think, a year. The game only lasted a year. They came out with its base set that it came out with. They had the starter sets and the base uh, booster sets from the premiere set. They did one, one expansion. And then after that, they can't, They had showed preview cards for the next expansion that was coming out, but the sales weren't there. And then poof, the game was gone. And to this day, I, around here, I can't, I can't find it off the top of my head. Oh, up there, boom. I have got boxes of Battlestar Galactica CCG cards 
that nobody wants to play. Like even whenever, like you, if even if you go onto like Tabletop Simulator right now, like I've seen people playing the game on Tabletop Simulator. There's like four people in the entire world that care about this game that are playing it on Tabletop Simulator. So that's a decision I wish I could take back. I wish I would have spent something, spent that money on almost anything else. And unless I literally wrestled someone, oh man, you've got to try this game. It's so great. It, if they weren't a better start, I got, if they didn't have the IP in buy-in on that, like you have to explain almost the entire fluff to the game. So there, that is probably one of Ed's first mistakes that he will throw out there on there. I wish I hadn't bought, bought in so hard into the Battlestar Galactica CCG. I will leave this open to the field. Give me some of your gaming regrets. We're going to go into our, our mental. What are the things that you regret in your time as a gamer mistakes that you've made? I think one of the one of the big things for me is <clears throat> buying the... any X Wing. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, I think At one of the biggest I, I think one of the biggest like regrets that I have, maybe I don't really live with regrets, you know. I, I'm not that type of person where I don't fret if I sold something or had to rebuy it or anything like that. You know, I'll look at myself and say, Oh, it's kinda of stupid, but most most of the things for me is probably D and D related. We're not purchasing more of the D and D stuff that I had access to and money to use in the early nineties. You know, the when Forgotten Realms came out, you know, all the books and everything else. I you know, nowadays when you're trying to buy that type of stuff, it's a lot more expensive today because oh, people boy, is it? <laughs> The sad thing is, is that there is not much value in first and second edition D and D as far as play, you know, playing, because when you go into a store, they're all playing fifth edition. You know, you right. don't have that huddled group playing second edition or first edition. Everybody's playing fifth. Maybe, maybe a group's playing Pathfinder. You, you know, um, so that is probably one of my biggest ones. And then the other one is as a kid when the board game Dark Tower came out, not not getting that as a kid, either asking for it for Christmas or getting it, because to me that was probably one of the best board games ever made way back when with the tower and the way the tower was. Now to make up for that, I did purchase into the second printing of Dark Tower because they did a Kickstarter yeah, and redid it. And right now I'm, you know, waiting. I swore off ever doing any more Kickstarters. And then that they happened. Did, they did, well, they did the reprint and for the price and what you're getting and they're updating the game. So it's better. The app's going to get updated. Everything's mm-hmm. everything will be better. Um, you know, I couldn't pass that one up. So, but I think those are my two biggest gaming regrets. I, you know, you could say, you know, not, or purchasing or buying into twice into Warhammer uh, fantasy, you know, <laughs> and, and both times just, you know, not, not having success playing it, which is frustrating. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, once you're an adult and you have adult money and you have extra adult money, I mean, you can kind of make almost any dream you want to come true, you know, it's interesting you said that about like the 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 D books from the 90s because i can't tell you every once in a while i'll get a wave of nostalgia and go 
because uh, if you remember, like the second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, they came up with all those brown, hard, uh, floppy covered, yeah. um, complete yep. guide. Like the complete yeah, they were the they they were the uh, they were kind of the the kit books, is what they were, where you could right. create kitted out characters. Basically, I have two books that I am missing. One book that I gave away, which is the Complete Fighters Guide. And oh, one right. other book, and I can't remember it off the, which one is off the top of my head. And every once in a while, I'll look at that little corner back there because they're here, they're right there, Sean. If we're going to point to stuff yep. that the, they're right there, I have two books that I am missing from that collection. And every once in a while, a wave of nostalgia will flow over me, like, oh, I should really complete that set so that I have all of them. And then I go online and see the prices and go, nope, fuck it. I'm not paying that price for it. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not for like so, you said for a game that nobody is really playing anymore right. like i still don't understand why it's scarcity perhaps but i think at that point in time tsr was fairly large in the gaming space and i think there's probably millions of copies floating around out there so i don't understand why the value is as high as it is for those um I, so on two things i can talk about scarcity or price are the cards when they came out with the, the collectible oh, God, card yeah. boxes. Yes. Yes. Luckily, luckily for me, I bought two of the three of those. So I have two of those actually, sorry. I had two of those. I don't know what happened to one of them, but I was able to get rebuy it for a sealed box for relatively cheap, you know, in comparison to what you would think that would go for. I got it for less than 50 bucks, you know, and it was just like, yeah, that, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the coolest things, but I could see the scarcity on that. But even old first edition books, I mean, there were there had to have been hundreds and hundreds of thousands of those things out in the market. Right? That's point, my that's you know. my argument. I don't understand the price. The only thing that I was willing to pay big boy prices for, and again, totally not working on an audio podcast, that red box right there. That is the original red box um Dungeons and Dragons set. I destroyed mine because I played it and used it as often as it did. So I still like the box itself eventually got shredded. I still have the books, my original books. Do you have the dice? Have the dice. The not blue dice, the light blue dice. Blue dice, not filled. Do you know why? Because that red box right there is sealed. Ah. Has never been opened. Everything in there is pristine. Yeah. So I, I, that, see, and to me, that's I would open it just because I would want to. I'd want to touch it. I'd want to. It's a mess. I, you can't open it, Sean. It's a mess pack. Someday I a hundred percent will. I will open it. But yeah, that one right there is sealed. Yeah. Um, and I paid big boy money for that back in the early two thousands. Whenever I got my first job, and I was thinking I was I was hot shit, and I was making a little bit of extra money. Um, that was the one thing from my childhood that I wanted back. I wanted that red box on the shelf. Yeah. You have a Game Boy up there? Sure. I have the original one, and then I have the Game Boy Slim right there. Yeah, okay. There's the original one, and I keep that in a position where it stays out of the sunlight so that it doesn't ruin the screen. It doesn't. Yeah. And the or, batteries. And it. And it doesn't yellow either batteries are out of it so it's not getting their battery corrosion i do have batteries sitting right next to it if i want to pop it in um castlevania 2 belmont's revenge is sitting in it right now and then mm -hmm. that one's got tetris in it and then i got a bunch of other game boy games floating out those are the ones i weren't willing to get, wasn't willing to, to get rid of i got rid of a whole bunch of other stuff um like the pokemon games and stuff like that that i know were super expensive and i got a pretty penny out of those but i can emulate those but some of those i that that 
that particular Game Boy, I don't know if anyone remembers this, is whenever the Game Boy first came out, I actually won that. I won yeah. that because they were Captain Crunch was giving them away, and it was one of those things where he had to peel the tops off and mail them away, and like, you never mm -hmm. really think you're going to win those. I was one of the people that won that. So yeah. back in, I, I don't know, it was like 91, 92, whenever Captain Crunch ran it, or Post, I think, owns them, um, ran that promotion, I was one of the hundred people that won Game Boys off that event. I, I can't tell you when that box arrived how excited I was <laughs> to get that. Because I, uh, I was the talk of the school for about seven days. I'm like, you won that from Captain Crunch? Yes, I did. Yep. Do you want to hear my uh, my story about when I got a Game Boy? Sure. Yep. Mine, mine has a different ending to yours. So um, my mom was in the Navy, and she was on her Around the World um, tour on the ship. And they did a stopover in America. And uh, she told me that she was going to fly me out and take me to Disneyland and then didn't. And then um, she told me that she was like, I'll get you a Game Boy then. And then didn't. So I just don't have a Game Boy. <laughs> oh, God. That's mean. I'm so she, sorry. She did get me some Air Jordans, but I, I wore grew them by the time it was around the world tour. So by the time she got back, they didn't fit me. <laughs> um, but I wore them for like a year until they literally fell apart. Oh, because I, I was the person who wore. Uh, I don't know if it, if this will resonate. It will for UK listeners. But my shoes growing up were varieties of designer names like Kingfishers or Silver Shadows. Or uh, for the US, that um, would be the so having a pair of legitimate yeah. Air Jordans was um, I, I don't my my to my toenails like <laughs> oh, I don't care I'm squeezing into these bitches you, no, I'll right. wear them I'll wear them at like, least a week first edition Air Jordans now are like thousands of dollars thousands have been worn by people with uh, feet two sizes too big for them. Correct. Correct, but if you would have just been like, oh, these don't fit me, and put them in the shelf somewhere and just left them there, they'd be worth thousands now. You know, one thing uh, I will add, I, sorry, <laughs> no, go ahead, Chris. I, so I was just going to retort to that one. So I feel like I've told this story on the cast before, but I have a distinct memory of not being able to find the missile that I'd fired out of my Bubba Fett's backpack. Yep. Which means I had a Bubba Fett that fired the missile out of his backpack. So did I. Oh, yeah. I, Fun times. Got, so that one probably, all of my Star Wars stories used to stay at my grandparents' house. This is probably another one. If we were to talk about like my gaming mistake or regrets, this is definitely on my list. Um, all of my Star Wars stories is when I was a kid, my grandparents were the ones that bought them for me and they stayed at the grandparents' house, which is basically as an adult, I now realize like, oh, whenever they're spending the weekend at grandma's, we need something for them to do. So here, all the Star Wars stories are going to be there. So like my Adat was there, the TIE fighter that blew up, the the C-3PO and Darth Vader heads that closed together, kept all your guys in. You had little stickers yep. whenever you open and you put the names in the stickers kind of thing. Yeah, those all ended up in, like, the sandbox. They ended up destroyed. Like, if I could go back to, like, eight-year-old Ed and go, could you at least take that one? That one, leave it in the box and don't touch it. That would be the one. So if you want to talk about toys, now, I have great regrets on toys. Not that they're real regrets, but so I had, so as a kid, I had the original television series of Battlestar Galactica. I had a colonial, I had a colonial Viper. 
I had a Cylon Raider, and those also had the thing missiles that shot out of them. I um, remember these. So I had those. I had Planet of the Apes stuff from the television series, and they came up with it was kind of like a, a I don't know a laminated cardboard like Ape City thing, and then I had a bunch of those the figures and stuff with those not figures they were doll the. I think they were like eight inch, probably five to eight inch, you know, actual doll rather than the hard like Star Wars figures. Um, I had the Space 1999. I had two of them, the Space 1999 full ship. So you had the the passenger and science area, the the engine port, and then the front part that would come apart and make just the the cockpit. So if you're a fan of Space 1999. I had two of those actually. Um, I had the Thunder Shift 500. Um, um, it was a it was a racetrack. Mattel. Uh, it was a Hot Wheels track that you would shoot cars around the track, and they had this lever that you either pulled or can't remember it, but that would shoot the cars and keep them going fast around the track. Um, and then the final thing, of course, was the Evil Knievel motorcycle with a wind-up thing that he would shoot off and jump over the ramp those those were probably things that not for value just for nostalgia and to be able to play with them today is you know having those toys man i miss those toys those are all super expensive right now. oh yeah yeah now they're super expensive yeah yeah so if you go toys i mean i definitely wish i would have kept them in better shape or kept them at all um, you know, what they were, you know, all these different things. And and I had a Chattanooga Choo Choo HO train set with a bunch of track that one of my uncles had bought that I think I set up once because I wasn't allowed to set it up in the house and you can't set those up outside. That so was people, the whole thing. Toys you can't actually play with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chris, but I had to go on that tangent. No, well, not at all waiting to hear one of chris's gaming regrets so as i kind of touched on in the flight deck kind of thing i don't really have so much regrets about like games or gaming even stuff like um i own all four factions for rune wars and a bunch of it's still unopened and all of that like put considerable amount of money into it i had a really good time playing it when it was alive yeah like yeah it doesn't matter. No one can take that away from me, right? And that, why would I want to regret that? I mean, it would be nice if it had lasted longer. I don't regret having partaken of that fun. Yep. So I, I tend my outlook tends to skew more that way, which is why I let you guys talk because this kind of shits on the section if I open <laughs> with <laughs> with this one. Um, well, yeah, my, my regrets are more about my attitude towards gaming and not kind of... I regret not recognizing sooner that winning don't mean shit. You know, it's roll, rolling dice. Like, boiling it down to its, like, nth degree. If you, if you can... It's not even... You don't even need to make a list anymore. Like, I don't want to make... This sounds really like shitty and arrogant which it's not supposed to but it is a skill that i possess so whatever you've rolled with us this far um like 
you don't have to be able to make a list anymore because the internet exists. Like, yeah. I remember working on Warhammer armies for like months at a time and iterating. And I used to do it on my paper round of go through in my head. I had like the books memorized of points values. And like, if I sacrifice one skeleton out of this unit, I can upgrade to this upgrade here. Um, oh, boy, it means I'll, I'll lose a rank bonus there, but as long as I can get the magic off to raise them up, I'll get that rank bonus anyway. And kind yeah, of figuring a, out all, all bonus of these. Burn off. That's all that is. Yeah, and like just kind of working on all of those optimizations and stuff, and then like iterating it on the tabletop and seeing how it actually played out and doing all of that stuff. It isn't a, a skill you need anymore. Because the internet exists. Like, why would you do that work when the collective hive mind can do it all for you in like, a quarter of the time? Um, yeah. So that removes that skill aspect of it. And then one thing, what was the term that... Um, so Zach used this term to de describe Legion in comparison to X-Wing. And it was that Legion is filled with a bunch of gamer dads who are just happy to be out of out the house. <laughs> and because of the like the nature of tournament, it's a long old day. Like people just want to get three games in and then go back to not thinking about Legion and uh, but, but whatever they've got going on in their real lives and all of that. And because it's a longer a, ga a longer game that involves a hobby aspect, which is most of the games that like, I've done, Ed's done, that kind of thing. Agreed. Um, like, it isn't like doing a real competitive thing. Like, again, I've, I like the tennis one a lot because I do think the tennis circuit is a good representation of what game, what any miniatures gaming tournament circuit isn't. And that's real. Yeah. Like, anyone can play in Wimbledon. You just have to be good enough. Mm -hmm. If you're not good enough, get the fuck out. Like, it's seeded, it all means stuff. But for gaming, like, yeah, if you've got your 20 bucks, I'll let you, let you play. Like, can you imagine if, like, if we liked tennis and we could just pay 50 bucks to go and play in Wimbledon? <laughs> well, wait, it'd be funnier if... Because I played, you know, Novak Djokovic didn't get to play because it sold no, out so no, he couldn't get in. Not even, yeah, but it's not even, it's like, like, you really like, out of the two, uh, out of the, the wider group than the two, like me and Sean, like, you like tennis, Ed. You're, like, good at tennis. We like you and hanging out, and we don't get to do it a lot. So we'll come to Wimbledon as well. Like, I brought my badminton racket with me. But like, <laughs> I can just ask the judge on the day, right? It'll be fine. You know, It'll be fine. Like, I haven't. I mean, I don't actually know the rules to tennis, but I have played badminton, so I, I can right? pick it. I can. I, I'll lose my first game, but like, then I'll be playing other people who lost their first game. <laughs> yep. Oh, that is hilarious. But what, I might even take Sean. No, I was a strategy to intentionally lose my first game so that I have a softer. Wait, not that anybody would do that in oh, badminton. Well, like, but you know what I mean. It's one of those like 
real now that I can see this and that I've been doing it for so long and I see the flaws in tr like trying to uh, this is me as someone who enjoys running events FYI I'm not trying to shit on your enjoyments or your accomplishments of having won like your local events your big events being the world champion at X-Wing whatever they're all real achievements okay that's not the point of what I'm getting at but to me, it's never going to be worth... Well, it isn't what I built it up to be in my head. It doesn't fucking matter. And I wish I'd have got there sooner because I could have drank more at Bugman's. But yeah. seriously, my going with my, my goblin list was the most fun I had in Warhammer World. Is I... I think I've told this story, but um, so I took a seventh edition. The, the reason I own a goblin army was because we did a map-based campaign, and my friends was running like vampire counts, and everyone was playing real stuff. And I just wanted to do goblins; it was fun. So I did like I've got an an Obi Wan Kenobi goblin who's got a green stuffed hood and he's got a stick that's painted blue as his magic weapon. It's a stick that he painted blue. He doesn't That's hit awesome. people with it, and then he die. Um, I've got an Indiana Jones goblin who's got a, a green stuff fez and um, a whip, and I, I just hide them in the units and stuff, like just in random. Um, but it, I took this. I think I, I had to add in a mangler squig because when it went to eighth edition, I was under points, and I didn't want to buy a mangler squig, so I went. I, through there wasn't a model in fact so i just threw some squigs on a base and then i was at 2000 points to play in the event and i was i made it to table one and i just went and got two beers and my plan like i was gonna it was one was for me and another one for my opponent and I'd have a fun game and then it was a guy playing tech lists and the high like the, the most tournament focused high off list and I he looked at me with my goblin I mean I had um I bought marshmallow mushrooms to because you eat your mushrooms to power the magic spells and stuff. So I was I, I give them I and I, I was just having fun. And that was the antithesis of his fun. Oh interesting. So me being on the top table again, I he got his free win, but it he like that's not he want he would have been much happier playing a mirror match than play because the way that matchup works is Techless had an ability where you got to pick your spells after you've seen what you're playing against, so you can tailor. No one else in the game got to do this, which it, is why that was so broken. And it it uh, I think they FAQ'd it that he had to specify a law beforehand, but then. You could pick for spells, but um, no, maybe, maybe it's tech. So he know. Yeah, I think he got to pick whatever lore he wanted after he'd seen your list, and he then knew every spell in that lore because it's techless, like the most powerful mage alive because Lord Croak's already dead. Lord Croak yep. is a frog and he's dead. He croaked. Get it? It's Games Workshop punnery. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and like it just, I then from that game I went on to play a second techless player from that loss and lost again so the only people to beat me were 
the impossible matchups. Yeah, the ones that were there to yeah. win. But I got I I still have my certificate somewhere of like my best arc and goblin general. I was the only person to beat the overall winner of the event, and I, I still got to do that having fun and yes. not caring. And every time I've gone trying to win, I end up in a position where I don't have that. I don't have fun. I get frustrated with myself, or I'll make a mistake, or like I'll focus too hard on a dice roll. And you know what I mean? It's it's all of that. And that's my my only regret is that I didn't get to this point now earlier in my life. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I really enjoy playing 99% of my games now. And that wasn't always a kid. Like, playing and it, it's the, the old fallacy. I, I'll be honest, folks. Old Chris, if you gave him a choice of winning in a blowout or losing a close game, get fucking wrecked. I will steamroll the shit out of you every day of the week and ride those free wins to victory. Fuck close games up the ass. I don't give a shit. I just want to win. I, I, there is a, but, ver- a version of Ed out there that's right there side by side with you. Well, that's like uh, you get, you see the community post. Oh, no, I'd rather lose a close game and win a book. Fuck you. Get, get out. Everyone. You, what a fucking liar, dude. Like, is it the Hassan gif? Like, so, I mean, what a fucking liar, dude. But like, especially a large event. No, you wouldn't. Yep. Right. If you were going to, if you could win a close game, yeah. But if the options are winning a blowout or losing a close game, yeah, I'll take a blowout every time. Right. See, interesting you said that because one of the one of the things for me is like on my list of things of regrets is I there you you'll remember this during the Nova Squadron Raging uh, era when Chad would go to more store championships than I would because wife four kids wasn't able to have as much free time i wish that i had gone to more of those but not for the competitive side of it because i can't tell you the number of fun stories i have on the trip we went to ohio to go play in a store championship at a store we'd never been at before and we ended up winning um but the trip there was the highlight hanging out with your friends bsing in the car ride the three and a half hour car ride there and a three and a half hour ride back um, driving down to Virginia to go down and play in that one and having your car break down. And that was awesome. Um, and hanging out in a McDonald's parking lot as we're trying to figure a way to get the car towed home. Like those kinds of things. Like I, I wish I had done more of it, but not for the competitive side of it. Like I, it was cause you're with your friends. Cause well, you're I was going to say <clears throat> when you're in those situations, you know, the, the gameplay, unless you have, you know, a book where you're writing every single thing down, that's fleeting you know yep. it's 70 minutes or whatever of you know uh, of of playing something but it's the times like when you're sitting in the hot tub you know you, you can't yes. beat yes. You, you can't beat the social time or everybody's out to dinner you know and you're, from that, you're from that world i think i specifically remember maybe two games maybe th- uh maybe yeah maybe two games eh, three i guess is because i still remember the patrick mcdonald game 
and <laughs> that was a good game. Um, I still remember that game. Nice guy. Love playing him. Great human being. Oh my god, did that game frustrate the hell out of me? Because that was the uh, when the uh, the K wing came out, and he just kept boosting the hell out. Like, like he was just literally keeping points for me the whole game. Um, oh yeah. Yep. Um, but like, I I couldn't tell you any of the other games I played. I couldn't tell you any of the games I played practicing in the regionals leading up to that. Like, I remember getting. I topped eight two regionals. I remember that. I remember missing a re- I remember missing a cut by one, the one that Bob ended up winning um while I was there. I remember missing the cut by one for that. But like you're right. Like none of those individual games, with the exception of like exceptional games that for whatever reason, whether the opponent was really good or something interesting really happened in those games, you're right. They're gone. They're all gone. Completely wiped from my memory. But what I do remember are those trips with my friends, the car rides there. The, like you said, the pizza after and just kind of chatting X-Wing on the way back. Like, that's the stuff. So there's another one of, I wish I had done more of that. I wish I had the opportunity to have done more of that. Yeah. The funny part is, if you ask my wife, she's like, well, you could have gone to more and done more of those things. I'm like, no, I couldn't. Like, you, if I would have been gone every weekend for um three months span, that would have been, yeah, that would have not been good. That is that's, bad. That's not what she said. She said you could have gone to more than you did. True, that is An what she said. increment of one makes her correct. It's, all right, fair, fair, fair. Well, interesting enough, I thought you guys were going to have... I thought Chris was going to come up like, I wish I hadn't sold this one army, and then I had to buy it back. But no, I see where you're going. I really no, do. No, like, all of that... So the, the, I do have those, but they're not real. Because... So I, the story I tell is obviously moving to Canada, where I um, I went through and analyzed which games I should pack up and pay to transport over, and which ones I should blow out for pennies on the dollar in the UK at like flea markets and stuff. So I sold all my X-Wing stuff and brought my Dystopian Wars stuff over, and um, I still have it. I have my Covenant of Antarctica fleet all painted. Never played a game in a decade, but... I've probably got more value out of that story than I have of having <laughs> thrown that army in the garbage and brought over the four X-Wing ships I owned or whatever. I had a starter set, a slave one, and... Um, no, it was Vader. I think the Falcon wasn't in stock when, oh, uh, from when I picked it all up. But you know what I mean? Like... It's not like I sold this collection of X-Wing of like hundreds of hundreds of dollars. The game had been out for no amount of time and no one had more than like five or six ships. Oh boy, do I remember those days. Those were, those were hard times. Yeah, so you know, like, it's, it's a funny anecdote given where we ended up, but it's not a real regret. Yeah. No, I, and I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty copacetic. That correct usage of that idiom, I believe. About that kind of stuff in my life in general, because there's a, a lot. Like, I really miss being an avionics technician in the Air Force. I really miss having. Like, this is nothing against people who are stay-at-home parents. Like, it's, it is hard work, but it doesn't challenge me in the way that that job did. Right. But that timeline probably ends up with me not having kids and being divorced. So, like, do I miss it that much? Do I actually miss 
being 25, hanging out with the boys, having a massive disposable income, and the job's actually irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, I get, I, I remember um, when I was going seeing the, um, would it be a, a therapist, not a psychiatrist? Yeah, it was a therapist because he couldn't prescribe shit. Yeah, That's right. Say, you yeah. get meds? No, it's a yeah. therapist. Um, when I was chatting to him, about it, it was like, I said I'm a very uh, self-analytical person. I, I kind of can work through, which is also a real downside because I can lie to myself really, really well. <laughs> Self-deception um, is a thing. It's, it's a skill that no one should hone. Oh, um, no. And incidents is absolutely a thing. It, it's like, I regret how stuff moving to Canada turned out. I do have regrets on that, but equally, if I don't end up in Cold Lake, I probably don't have the free time to, like, well, no, like, maybe, maybe I do more X-Wing stuff, because obviously going to Cold Lake kind of put a, a thing on that, but then also, I get mega, mega stressed in that job, and it probably doesn't turn around, and it, it you know what I mean? Then I end up moving back to the UK, maybe. I don't know. Um, but you know what I mean? That's, there's, I, I'm don't, I don't subscribe to determinism, but I also don't use that as an excuse to wish to play a what if game. You know what I mean? But I think that I am where I am because of choices that I made, but I don't regret them because I also, everything that I have now is of value. Yeah. And just because something could be better, you know? Pretty yeah. deep, deep place to go, but like, so if do you had I... help and uh, you know, deep inner, uh, inner looking into thyself on your bingo card, you can check that one off because yeah. that is not where I thought this was going to go. No. But here but, we are. I mean, you picked the topic, Ed. You know, <laughs> I I'm just riffing off your topic. As often is the case, whenever I think of one thing and you put a different spin on it, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess he's kind of right. Because ultimately, in the end, does it really, really matter that I spent that money? Did I, I enjoyed collecting this stuff. They're still here. So would you, if I promised to give you a money back, would you throw it away right now? It's on your shelf. I see you looking at it. Would you put that in the garbage right now if I gave you your money back for it? Probably not. Probably not. Like, legitimately, Like, like, there's, there's, but you have to literally put each card. I will pay you the money you paid for it to put each card individually through the shredder. You're probably not. No, probably not. Just like I can. Because it's of value. It is. Because I can literally take my gaze from my upper left to my mid left and go through all of the RPG books that are sitting over there that I probably haven't touched in really, really. The last time they were touched was when they were put on that shelf whenever I moved the bookshelf. Just yeah. like the ones behind me. The last time some of those books were touched were probably, with the exception of the second edition player's handbook, whenever Sean kind of tossed out the idea of maybe doing a second edition campaign, I wanted to re-familiarize myself with the rules. Aside from that, some of those probably haven't been touched for a really, really long time. And I've got a horrible hard truth for you, Ed. You don't own them to play with them. No. You own them because you want to own them. That is that is truth. There is some fact to that. All right behind me, I uh, the ones that so at the minute, this isn't a pity party. Don't worry about it. But like finances are real, real tight at the minute. You know, a lot going on. Obviously, I'm not not I'm not a moron, folks. I know that going to Adepticon, even with the help that the community did with like 
paying towards flights and stuff like that, which is really great. And I can only thank people for it's isn't that's what I'm saying. It's not a pity party. The reason is that I'm paying to go to Depticon, I'm paying to go to Gamma, I've got a peg to go back to the UK. You know, these are first world monetary problems. Don't worry <laughs> about it. But like money's tight at the minute. Like we've got our tax rebate came through and that's gonna go towards paying the flights because I had to take the money that I was gonna use to pay for flights to do an order for gamers grass stuff to sell for dice to do all you know what I mean? Yep. And there's a lot of juggling going on at the minute and it's fine. But like I have unplayed still in shrink ninety percent of the Blackstone Fortress stuff. All brand new, still in box. Ooh. Yep. Did I tell you how much I wanted for all of that AVP stuff? No, you never did get around to that. Weird. 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 It's almost like it's of and, value to me. And you didn't despite the fact that I'm never ever gonna do anything with it. That's okay because it would literally probably just sat on my shelf and me would yeah. once in a while, whenever I finally convince someone else to do I keep looking at the free league site to see when the next box set of alien rpg is going to come out for more crap that i'm probably not going to use it's going to sit in the shelf and look pretty over there yep keep doing that in fact yeah. i'll do it right so now I, 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 can, I can spread the uh the bullying around a bit and we can ask sean it's like sean you understand that one of those cabinets could play the games you have on all of the cabinets right yeah, he knows i've mentioned so that. You, yeah, you, absolutely you, you could own three cabinets so that when you I, I could literally an extra friend come around, everyone can play and, and have the one. same effect. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not why you have them. Right. That, you, that, that, you, that's you have them because you want them. Right. The value is in owning them, not in using them. For the most part, yeah. I mean, you know, you hope to use them, right? Yeah. And it's like... I, yeah. I, I mean, the, the intent is to use them, at least. Well, and like, especially for like some of like RPG books are probably my, that that's probably my, my Horcrux. If I want to go into the Harry Potter, that that's going to be, I have, every one of these has been played. They have been used in the past and the edition of the game moved on. And I just never parted ways with them. Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't feel the, like there's a lot of memories in my, in those books. Like my second, my original, well, probably my third um, second edition player's handbook is beat to hell and back because there's a lot of games that came out of that book. There's a lot of, a, a lot of memories in those box sets that and I think we were uh, first up, I'm going to tell you a hard truth here for the listeners. If you find us because you play X-Wing, I don't care how poor you are. This applies to you. Like the money doesn't really matter. Does it? Because some one of you will have bought, like all of you, in fact, will have spent twenty dollars on a ship you didn't really want because there was a good card in it. Yep. So at that at that point, your argument's gone, man. I don't care how poor you think you are. Like, there's some uh, there. Oh boy, did I buy ships I did not but, need because I needed the goddamn upgrade card that came with. So, do you think you would have had less fun if you'd have said, "Oh, this guy's got um, auto thrusters. I just didn't want to buy the Star Viper." No, and do, you, I, do you think I, you could have borrowed that card to go to a tournament with when you needed it? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, absolutely. Did I need to do it? Did I no, need no, no. no, you're right. You, that's, what, that's the point I'm making here. You know what I mean? Like, none of us needed the third Star Viper. <laughs> we sure bought them, though. Yeah. No, we got them caught me off guard. Um, but 
the value isn't and there's a, a modicum of retail therapy there but there's also like one of the things that i did really early on in x-wing and goes way back into my collecting gw stuff i got i can't remember his name again the, the legion of a damn sergeant from the 1995 like store opening um is in my cabinet painted i had him sealed in blister but that's not what i wanted him for all right i i got you one better i have the metal rune priest from games day 96 97 that i got as a gift in the blister that the first thing i did knowing how expensive that model was was opened it and painted it because I needed a room priest for my space wolves army. I can, I can again. I don't have it anymore because I sold the army. I still but, have. Um, so what? No, this is the next one. So I got the. Uh, do you remember when they originally introduced Kato Sicarius and he had the lightning claw sculpt? Yeah. Yeah. So I had that model that I took a file to to file off every ultramarine iconography. Filed off his chest plate sculpted on Wong her and then sculpted on a dark angel symbol and he was one of my dark angels captains somewhere amongst your uk friends i i hear hearts breaking right now <laughs> well man i i got i got value out of that model treated i enjoyed it and i i have no regrets you know what i mean like oh. the the value i can't so Again, the, a lot, a large portion of this comes from me screwing up my life as a teenager, being in the Air Force, where I it didn't matter if I had money or not, because the first thing they did before they gave me the money was take out my food and accommodation. So it was impossible for me to starve, and it was impossible for me to not have a roof over my head. So 100% of the money that went into my bank every month, I could literally set fire to, with zero repercussions. It's so that's a, a that's a really bad foundation if you want to grow up to be a sensible person. Sure. Just saying, like, I ruined my life. There you go, Ed. If you want a regret, Chris being an absolute moron as a, and from the age of 18 to 40, and however many days it has been since my birthday, uh, today, I, as of today, I am still a moron because I didn't, I didn't learn any of those lessons. No, I think I'm still learning them myself, my friend. But you, I, I think I've told this story on the cast before. But we, um, when we were in our trade training, um, we used to drive to the equivalent of a Walmart, drive to a local ASDA, and not buy. We didn't buy paper plates. We bought plates and knives and forks. Then we went to the Indian takeaway, got our Indian takeaway. Then we ate our Indian takeaway. Then we went to a dumpster outside and threw our plates and knives and forks away. Why? Why not, Ed? I just I explained to you that none of it mattered. Yeah. Do you know how fun it is as an 18-year-old? Like, yeah, fuck this plate. I'm not doing any dishes. Look at me, big man I am. <laughs> Once a month for 18 months of training... I wasted between four and seven pounds on a plate, a knife, a fork. Oh, I could have bought 
one set of paper plates, one set of plastic forks, one set of plastic knives, and had the same effect. But, you know, that wouldn't be living like a king for a day now, would it? That's true. That is true. Like, again, folks, it's not a pity party. There's a reason why money's tight today. <laughs> it's because I enjoyed myself yesterday. <laughs> and then, as with all things, there is a cost. And eventually, they do come. I, I mean, the one regret I have for the universe is that actions have consequences. If that was not the case... I would be a much happier man. I uh, think what? on that note, <laughs> we've well passed our soft 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, so I, I will caveat, well, well, explain the reason behind that. Uh, the, they basically posted someone called in sick five minutes before the shift today. Oh. I was like, I've, I can't do anything at short notice. If, they know if they tell me like lunchtime, I can kind of get someone to watch Evie. I can curse what with Jill on the way in. I can go and I can cover a shift. And I could, you know, if I'd have known this morning, we could have tried to plan a different recording time. But I was like, I could probably get there for 9.30, which would free up someone who, if someone's had to stay from the day shift to work a really, like, finishing an hour early is still a nice feeling. But it means that I've got to drive an hour and 15 minutes to work an hour shift yeah um, so it was like the, you're burning more in gas than you're making yeah well i would it would have cost me money to go in yeah as we said folks don't tr <laughs> never ever take financial advice from chris bad idea um it's an x-wing it, podcast should listen to it, it no one would <laughs> should ever ever take um, advice seriously <laughs> no but um i would have gone in because I like to think that they would do the same for me and that it's a sure. family and we all support each other and that I would martyr myself upon that cross to make myself feel like I'm a good person. Choice of words in that sentence was very deliberate, FYI. <laughs> you rewind it, listen it back, you'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, rewind it. Be kind, rewind. Um, I'll still do that. <laughs> but... Um, Basically, I said to him, you've got until nine o'clock to let me know. If you if I don't hear anything, I'm not going to come in. was basically where we ended. And it got to nine o'clock and he hadn't said anything. So now, if I drove in now, I would not get to the store before it closed. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And well, it'll have been fine. I'm sure it didn't burn down. Whatever. It's not my <laughs> store. I don't have to worry about it. I, but I would have I would have helped. But I, I spoke to you guys instead. Yeah. So. All right, unless anyone has anything else on that note, I think this is a good spot to button up because Ed's got to get up and go to work tomorrow, physically. So, Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Yep, good to be here. And, of course, Chris, do you have anything housekeeping we'd like to do before the end of the show? Um, so, we're yeah, we've been doing pretty well in all regards. I think I finally... Finally, have the Discord sorted out so that when someone joins, it posts in the welcome channel now instead of going into a general channel. Because it always happens when there's like activity and it gets broken up by a chain of welcoming stuff. But I'm not going to say that I'm terrible at everything that I do, but managing the Discord is one of, a, one of my weaker points. Like, I mean, considering that I didn't even. 
post the last podcast we spent three hours talking about <laughs> saying that the discord is one of the things i'm weaker at is not an over exaggeration you know what i mean um so i've been going through that but the discord's been going well uh patreon's been going well i yeah i'm i'm pretty happy all around like i say um dice hates on the uh the, the knife edge at the moment i'm hoping it's because i ordered enough stock to like have it backfilled so it actually saves me time because that's of the most valuable resource i have at the moment is my time and i i could have saved more money doing more multiple smaller orders but then it takes up more time so i did a bunch of big orders for all the things that i've got to try and use to sustain the business once that's all in place touch wood it frees me up to like do more editing do more painting do all of this stuff because i think i got to bed at like 4 a.m last night i was up at 6 30 this morning um i've progressed a little bit more terrain whilst you know taking ev to big fun inflatables and keeping ailer alive and um i that fed her important. she's she's on solid food but not so like the pouches apple sauce kind of stuff yeah. i managed to feed her out without getting it everywhere and you know it's all going fine but um all of those little things demand time and it kind of i'm cognizant of the fact that i don't believe i've sent the tokens to the uk yet for the evades i've got a giant that off camera to my left here I have a giant stack of Feldher cases and foam that I need to organize and pack. And then I need to learn how to do um, 3D CAD design so that I can do the trays that I want to do to go in these cases. You know, I've got so many things in the air that I've kind of just stopped worrying and I'll just tackle what's in front of me. So that's that's where it comes back around to how awesome the community is because as much as i was i was thinking about it today so this is the first time i think we just didn't post anything and i did nothing to rectify it and that's because i just didn't have the capacity to i built in the time to do the editing and everything but i had i i'm at capacity at the moment and it felt bad but i'm also like i'm not gonna hassle you guys oh i've got to record again or like do a an apology video and try you know what i mean do it was just one of those things where yeah i definitely dropped the ball um hopefully it doesn't happen again we'll see how it goes from there but yeah we forget um you. wouldn't uh, be the first time we've had to re-record a show just saying yeah um and then other housekeeping the only thing of note um so i'm gonna say tomorrow but what i mean is three days ago um fifth trooper should put the episode out where fifth trooper is a legion podcast and they invited uh, me alan and zach on to their podcast as guests um and we did a fun record with them so go and check out their episode you know some cross promotion um it's always fun that was um a, a fun hangout we made um they, they made each of us pick a um little known star wars character and then make what rules you would give them in legion so i did Colonel jacks um, oh, there you go that was fun i like that yeah uh, there you go 
that was it. And um, yeah, I'll let Ed get on with his closing. But thanks, everyone. All right. As always, I do appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, so since we went out of order, are we going back to Sean? Or are we going to do a fill-in? Yeah, well, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm actually... So the only place the episodes are numbered now are on the file. So if you download the file off of um, Podbean, the properties will have the episode number. Ah, uh, gotcha. This is still episode 122 because we, we recorded episode 121. I don't care that no one listened to it. It, it did happen. It did. I remember. I was there. Yeah. So all, it, it was exclusive. It was above Patreon level exclusivity. Ooh. It was recorded for cast members only. Apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. The I mean, I have to say, it also had the best stats for our view time because everyone watched it all the way through. Like, sure. No one binned out early, so like, that's a good metric. Um, well, yeah. Um, so I want to keep. We're going to keep going as if I wasn't an absolute moron. And then we'll go from there. So Sean will be next, and then it'll be back to me. And as a spoiler, probably not going to do community building for my episode, because the world keeps turning. It sure does. We'll we'll visit again sometime in 2024. How's that sound? Yeah, I think I'm going to pick a different medium. I might just do an article or something. I don't know. Yeah, that could work too. All right, that is going to do it for this one. Looking forward to the next one. And until next time, guys, as always, bye casual. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions.